Time again for another Word Balloon. This is John Suntress. Welcome back. Great show for you today. A good double feature. We're going to start things off with my friend Kelly Sue DeConnick. Great to have her back. This week, uh, issue three of Bitch Planet came out. Her excellent book with uh, Valentine Delandro. Uh, wonderful, excellent book about uh, science fiction and feminism and a great mashup of sci-fi and uh, women's prison movies. It's really, really fun. It's very interesting, very smart, and very frank in its depictions and themes. And it's great to have Kel on to talk about that. We also talk about Pretty Deadly, her excellent image series with Emma Rios that is uh, currently on hiatus but coming back probably in the fall with uh, Volume 2. And then, of course, her Marvel work, things like Captain Marvel and uh, some possible future things that might be going on with Kel. But uh, always really happy to welcome her back. I really appreciate her point of view and happy to share it with you in part one of Word Balloon. I'd say the same thing about my uh, next guest as well, uh, Art Baltazar and Franco, the wonderful team that uh, has been giving us great comics for years, really two decades when you think about it. Patrick the Wolf Boy, Tiny Titans, uh, Itty Bitty Hellboy, Itty Bitty Mask. Uh, a lot of their older work is starting to appear on Comixology, and we talk about that. Uh, Franco has started to work in uh, the uh, young first reader novel area and has a series of books that are uh, coming out uh, from Capstone, and we talk about that. Art has been doing wonderful work on Super Pets, licensed by DC, and uh, in fact, this week they announced a bunch of plushies with Art's characters, and uh, it's great to uh, catch up and talk about the toys that uh, bear the likenesses of Art's art, if you will. And, um, you know, we do the All Yeah podcast as well, me, Art, and Franco, and we always have fun doing that. But every now and then I like to have them on Word Balloon and have uh, a bit more of a straighter conversation. It's still funny, but uh, a little bit more information and a little bit more analysis than us just kind of hanging out with our asses hanging out. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy today's show. As always, Word Balloon is brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, through Patreon at patreon.com slash wordballoon. That's where you can subscribe to Word Balloon. If you've got uh, a dollar a month you can spare or more, that's terrific. Word Balloon is a free podcast, always will be. But if you want to help things out, uh, you can become part of the League of Word Balloon listeners and uh, donate uh, a dollar or so via Patreon. Uh, you can check out all the information at wordballoon.com or go directly to patreon.com slash wordballoon. We're also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Excellent deals are happening, as always, at InStock Trades. Things like Batman, Blink, the trade paperback, uh, written by Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, this is going back a few years, but uh, it was uh, the collected editions of uh, Legends of the Dark Knight 156 through 158 and 164 through uh, 167. Uh, that is on special, 50% off, just $7.49. You can also get Damien, Son of Batman, uh, an interesting story written and drawn by Andy Kubert. Uh, 50% off, it's just $8.49. Kind of a, an alternate future for Damien. Rocket Raccoon, uh, Scotty Young's excellent book. You can get the first trade that's available, A Chasing Tail. It's 50% uh, off, just $12.49. Gail Simone is back with Secret Six. Reach back to uh, the original volume of the first uh, few Secret Six issues. It was called Villains United, and it was part of uh, Infinite Crisis back in the day. Uh, Brad Walker doing the art, Gail Simone with the writing. Uh, also 50% off, just $9.99. Jason Aaron and RM Guerra, I'm glad to see that uh, Vertigo is uh, releasing a deluxe edition version of Scalped. 
Uh, you can get uh, that for 50% off, just $14.99. And those are just some of the deals that are waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. Check it out. More deals are going on, and we'll talk about them later in the show if you go to InStockTrades.com. All right, let's uh, get things started with Kelly Sue DeConnick. Now, I have known Kelly Sue and her husband, Matt Fraction, for nine years, uh, much like Brian Bendis and Greg Rucka and some of the others uh, that are regulars here on Word Balloon. Uh, they are as much friends as they are people that I interview on a consistent basis. You'll hear that in the uh, tenor of our conversation, and its uh, I can't help it. Uh, Kel is just, as I tell her, uh, I welcomed her in the clubhouse years ago. Uh, because she is one of us, and she likes the same stuff we do, and I've always appreciated that. And it's always fun to find a fun, you know, girl that that gets all the geek stuff and everything. And and of course, I think a lot of guys are awakening to the fact that yeah, girls like the same shit that the guys do, and that there is room in the clubhouse for you know women as well as men. And I'm glad things are changing. And Kel's been a big part of that, uh, both as an outspoken advocate. For getting more women work and uh, recognizing women's comics more. That certainly comes up in the conversation. Uh, the good news is she delivers with her own work as well, whether it's uh, the excellent run on Captain Marvel, uh, all the previous work that she's done at Marvel and other publishers as well, leading up to her image books, both uh, Pretty Deadly with Emma Rios and uh, The Book of the Moment, which is Bitch Planet. Three issues in, it is an excellent series. Her and the wonderful Canadian artist, uh, Valentine Delandro, they do a great job, and it's wonderful to get into the minutia of Bitch Planet, Pretty Deadly, Captain Marvel, and more. And I'm happy to welcome back Kelly Sue DeConnick now on Word Balloon. Kelly Sue DeConnick, welcome back to Word Balloon. We were just saying as we started recording that it's it's been over a year and a half, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I missed you, John. Why don't you call? Aww. Why don't you Aww. call, John? I know. I know. Well, I saw you last summer for like uh, two seconds, you and Maddie. Yeah. At your, uh, at, uh, the, and I can't remember what panel it was, but it was like, you guys were both up there for image and it was, it wasn't collaboration. Although you guys talked about how organized you are in terms of your creative process and your 90 day plan and six month plan and one year plan, five year and 10 year. Yeah. I mean, I always think of that as not, I, mean, I, I kind of think, well, at least my creative process is a, is a disaster. But, um, but our, but our business we take very seriously. Yeah. Well, but that's but even to organize, you know, time and and manage projects with that kind of level of you know organization was just like, oh, that is so smart. Yeah. Well, Good. I mean, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think you make a career out of any creative pursuit accidentally yes. you know yes. i think i think you have to put some time and effort into it true and and that's true and you guys are really you know on the i mean you've got your marvel and whatever deals but uh, you do have to have the next kind of idea ready yeah or certainly you know thinking about it and planning it and okay now it's time for x and i like this rhythm that you found for yourself between pretty deadly and bitch planet it okay. seems where it's like, it, would it would it be like one volume, and then you know you take time off now with Pretty Deadly, you put you put the focus on Bitch Planet, and then flip flop. Is that the plan? No. Um, okay. But though, I mean, that would be a great idea. I, the, we're <laughs> trying to uh, we're going to try to do Bitch Planet just as an ongoing, okay, with a goal of thirty issues. Um, wow. Okay. 
Good for you. Go on. Yeah. So um, that is the plan. And in order to make that doable, um, the what we're trying to do is we've got this built-in structure where every third issue we have a guest artist, and every third issue we use that time to tell one of one of our characters' backstories, and that reveals mm-hmm. a little bit more. It's a it, it does push the plot forward because you'll get information in the backstory that will um, dovetail into the present day. Um, but it give it makes the fact that our regular artist and co-creator is off that month less disruptive if it's not the main storyline. Um, and it allows us a chance to get caught up every third issue. Um, because in two, when there's two artists working, two issues can be worked on simultaneously. Sure. And, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll give it up to Val in a second, but, you know, uh, three just came out this week. And I do want to congratulate Robert Wilson IV for the uh, Penny Rolls uh, solo book. Yeah, he really did a fantastic job. Is it Roll or Rolls? Am I saying it wrong? It's Penny Roll. It's Penny Roll, like Esther Roll. Yeah. Me. You know, way to go, Florida. I, uh... Penelope Leona Roll. Hell of a backstory, yeah. but you know, you kind of you kind of figured once she made her appearance in issue one that there was this kind of story behind it all and everything. Do you do you stay away from Orange Is the New Black, or you know, I mean, yeah, it is kind of yeah, I've familiar never territory. Watched it. Now, there's there's certain things I know about it because you can't because it's one of those water cooler shows, mm-hmm. you know, and it because it gets brought up constantly. Um, Imagine yeah. so. There are things I know about it, but um, but yeah, I stay away from that for the same reason I stay away from uh, uh, East of West with Pretty Deadly. Mm-hmm. And it's not mm-hmm. that I, it's not that I don't want to be. It's hard to explain. It's it's not that I'm afraid um, of copying them. <laughs> it's that I'm afraid of being frozen. I'm afraid that I'll have an idea and then I'll be like, oh, I can't do that because they did something similar. Understood. And um, and the thing is that it's not going to be exactly the same because it's me and Val and not um, – John and Nick, yeah. Yeah. Um, or, well, obviously that's pretty deadly. Yeah, then, but, but yeah. Uh, like I was trying to – Shonda Rhimes <laughs> and what's the lady's name? Uh, Piper something? Um Oh yeah, I don't even know. Damn it! All right. Yeah, but Fair. you know what I mean. Like it's, it's I do. <laughs> it's it's too it's it's it, it wouldn't be the same anyway. But like for instance, the in this the story I always tell is that like if I had known that there was a personified death in East of West, like Pretty Deadly may never have happened. You know, like sure. I would have been like, well, I can't do it. You know, right. Right, because it's out there. No, I remember Bendis going through that with a mob idea that he wanted to do about the Jewish mafia. And at the time, oh, God, now I'm blanking. Um, God damn it. It was from uh, D.C. And uh, uh, God bless it. It's uh, the guy who uh, brought Jason Todd back. Judd Winnick. Yes, right. Winnick was doing, yeah, Winnick was doing, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was an awesome 12-issue Jewish mafia thing. And Bendis is like, yeah, I can't do it right now. Judd's doing his thing. So, no, I get it. Seely stayed away from Buffy the Vampire Slayer when he was doing Hack Slash for the same reason. And I uh, have heard Kirkman 
Kirkman told me actually that, you know, yeah, Max Brooks, he's like, I don't want to even look at it. Yeah. For the, for, for the same fear of paralysis and everything. And yeah, f- feeling like, oh, that's covered. We probably have like a similar audience, which, you know, not necessarily so, but regardless, it, it keeps you free creatively and I, I can't blame you. Yeah. So, and, and I have heard nothing but great things about both Orange is the New Black and East of West. So it's sort of a treat that like, hey, you know, I'll have these things waiting for me when I'm done. There you go. Do you have a similar plan for Pretty Deadly? Is it a finite series as well? Yeah, um, Pretty Deadly is planned to be, we're, we're calling it four and a half arcs. Um, okay. So <laughs> it'll be uh, like four and a half arcs over four years. Um, uh, so a first, first arc and a collection, second arc and a collection, and then one and two together in a hardback, third arc and a collection, and then a half arc. <laughs> that we're trying to figure out where we're going to collect that. Um, probably the half arc won't be collected by itself. Um, uh, then the final arc and then an, another um, hardcover that'll probably collect uh, three, three and a half and four. So that's, okay. that's the plan anyway. Um, so again, around 30 issues. Gosh, is that, it's a little shy of, of 30 issues, but, um, uh, but yeah, it's, um, the, the difference is Val and I have this plan going in on bitch planet so we can work that structure into our story. And that's just not, you know, um, pretty deadly was my first creator own series and I hadn't really, I didn't, hadn't really, thought about that you know um and so because it's not in the dna of the series it really can't be anybody but emma and i and it's Mm -hmm. a really slow book it is a book that fights back at every step and (sighs) emma draws every fucking leaf on every fucking tree (laughs) So it takes for, I mean, it takes forever on my end too. So don't, don't misread that as any, anything but love and respect. Oh, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but it, it is slow to write and it is slow to draw. Um, I, I, there's another song in the first issue of the second arc and, um, and you know, and I was just like, oh yeah, I'll write another song. And like, I remember that I wrote the last one like in, in 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 an evening. Like it didn't really take that long. And this one is just I hate it. <laughs> like I'm so <laughs> mad. Like why won't you come together? Um and I finally I like and I I had I'd worked out a tune for it and I'd even I was going to ask. Yeah. Hummed the tune and tried and like, you know, this whole thing and then I and then I started trying to write lyrics for it in that way and i just couldn't do it so i had to go back to to just writing it as poetry basically and then like this will be poetry with notes um yeah i know so anyway the whole whole thing is like just been like anything i if if i think for a second oh this will be easy or I'll, i'll i'll just be able to do this part like in a little bit of time they're they're then the book is like oh yeah and so, yeah. Are the are the characters fighting back? Is this what you're saying in terms of like, are you, you know, what, what worked out as a scenario in your head once you're actually doing it? The characters aren't 
co- 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 cooperate? Well, I haven't had that kind of a problem yet. There's been a, a couple of little things like, you know, I th- I thought we were going to be doing one thing because of because of a push from a, one character, and it turns out it's <laughs> it's a push from another character. But we're still doing, you know, but it it, it that doesn't really change the plot that much. Okay. Um, but that does always happen for me. That always happens when I get into the writing of it. I'm like, oh, no, I'm wrong. And then you have to go back four pages and throw stuff out. And mm-hmm. That sucks. But, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, hard, it's a hard book to write. And, um, and so, so we have to get a few in the can before we can have them come out. And then, um, and then there's, you know, we lose our lead time really fast. Um, which is why the fifth issue was so late the last time. Um, and so uh, we can't, we just have to um, take these breaks between arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to try to have the next break be shorter. Um, the other thing we've talked about doing, and I think we we haven't quite ruled it out yet. I've talked to a couple of retailers about it and the guy who originally suggested it when I went back to him and was like, yeah, you know, we're talking about it. And and then he was, he was kind of like, well, you know, I mean, do it or don't do it. Just let us know what's going on. But the, the thing that he suggested was instead of having the book come out monthly, have the book come out every other month. Um, so that we would have, um, just more time. And, and so instead of taking a giant break between arcs, just have the book come out consistently, but every other month. Hmm. Um, which, you know, and I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I've been kind of fishing around talking to different retailers to see how they feel about that. And you get really mm-hmm. mixed responses. Um, but mostly the, the, the general response has been do what you need to do to make the book good, but let us know. Cause we can plan, sure. but when you don't, when, when you take time off and, we don't know how long it's going to be. We think the book's not coming back. So basically on the second arc, we're kind of starting from ground zero, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a huge bummer. Well, but you do have the, you know, the, the trade obviously. Right. And hope, you know, hopefully, you know, that's something that the stores carry as well. Yeah. What, it, what it kind is, of action? It is one of yeah, those was... uh, image $10 trades too, which is nice. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's the, you know, and I'm, and I was really glad when you said that bitch planets, a plan, plan for a 30 issue thing. Cause this is like, now it's time not for a sophomore slump, but it seems like after that initial blush of success that everyone, a lot of you that I really respect, and I'm really happy that you have got these good original ideas, you know, they, they've made an impact and people are interested. And some of these series that don't have a specific endpoint, it's like, all right, we're on the sixth trade. And maybe the reader's thinking, where are we going? Right. How long is this ride going to last? And, you know, it's that balancing act that, you know, I, I and I've, I've asked uh, Jason Aaron about this and um, a couple others, too, and said, you know, the time of the Vertigo 70 issue or 60 issue thing. I'm like, I don't know if that's a viable model anymore. Yeah. Well, and for for me, it's like. I mean, I, I kind of have to know what the end of the story is, you know? Mm-hmm. So now the difference is like you can, you can sort of figure out what, 
what, what the, I always describe it like, like a, like a, a road trip. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that I'm going from, you know, Chicago to New York. Um, I haven't decided exactly which route I'm going to take to get there, but I know mm-hmm. that I know that's where I'm headed. Um, and, and sometimes I can only see, sometimes it's driving at night, right? It's that whole E.L. Doctora quote that like, you can only see as far as your headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way. Um, like I, I, sometimes I only know what like the next two scenes are. Um, okay. okay. But, but I know where, I know what the destination is. And I think that's the problem with the idea of a, a real open-ended run for me is the the idea of not knowing, you know, I, I guess when you do that, you start thinking your, your destinations are, um, you, you start getting into, I guess that, that, that Paul Levitt's paradigm thing, mm-hmm. um, where you're doing the, the A plot, B plot, C plot, and they're kind of overlapping. So it's, there isn't, I don't know how you do like an overarching, um, storyline using that paradigm but anyway i the, the point is that that we know what the end of the story is for bitch planet we know where we're going okay. um uh <laughs> though i will say val, val i'm not i'm not sure i've got val completely on board for it <laughs> he gives me this look like okay i'm trusting you <laughs> Well, does he? I mean, I, you know, I, I got to meet Val at a C two E two a couple of years ago, and I'm so glad because for a long time he's been on X books. I'm just not an X man guy, yeah. and I've and I've always been like, uh, you know, and he was working with Peter David for so long, and I'm like, God, that is great, and and it's beautiful art, and I wish I, I just can't, you know, I, I can't stomach another X book. Yeah. I'm sorry, and and so this is great, and he's so um, good. yeah, he is. I mean, that's you know, it's. If people haven't seen it, and I'm I'm guessing that most of the people listening do read it, um, there's like a David Aja kind of feel. It, it it really does look like it's something you know. I, I can't even explain it, but do, do you know what I mean in terms of at least what David was doing for Hawkeye in that slightly realistic or Michael Lark? I mean, is another good example. Yeah. It's just got that that gritty thing that you need, I think, for this kind of story. And and I love that it is this mashup of your classic chick eighties and seventies prison movies along with uh, the sci-fi stuff. And uh, you know, good for you woman right there for full frontal nudity right there on, uh, you know, <laughs> page one. Oh, yes. And I'm like, yeah, good for you on no holes barred. You are rocking. Well, it's, um, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, I it's, it's hopefully us. it's, it's objective nudity and not, you know, a salacious leering nudity. No, 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 no. It's it's proper for the scene. Yeah. It's it's a cla- it's your classic prison kind of delousing, and here you are orientation moment yeah. that we've seen in a million movies from like you know a, above the pecs up right. for men and mostly for women. Although every now and then Linda Blair and and the like and then Sybil Danning will uh, you know you've seen these movies. Oh I know yeah, you, you, well, and, yeah. and that's kind of the thing is that. Um, I mean, we're trying to play with those tropes and spin them a little bit. Like, okay, so there's a thing in issue four. There's a there's a a, a sex scene in, in issue four. That's actually sort of two, depending on 
I don't know what your perspective is there, but, um, and, uh, it was the first time I've ever like asked for revisions in layouts that many times. Um, and, you know, Val is an incredible collaborator. He's like, no, you know, we're going to keep going, get doing this until we get it right. And it's not, and it wasn't like, you know, I, I know what I want and I, and why can't you draw it? It was, it was the two of us trying to figure it out. Like, okay, okay. you know, how do we, how do we do this? Um, it's the this, this shower scene, right? You know, and how, mm-hmm. how do we do this and not have it be that same thing you've seen 900,000 times where, um, you know, the, the women are objectified and, and, um, it's about salaciousness and, and they're dehumanized, you know, how, how do we not do that? Um, and we were, uh, we were thinking more critically about how, how, how to show this scene, I think, than I ever have any scene before. Um, and, and, he had kept having to redraw and redraw and I felt terrible, you know, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, you know, but he's, he's incredible. And he's like, Nope, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. And we're just going to keep doing it until we get it right. And, um, and I, I, we got it. Um, I think, (laughs) I think we got it. We'll find out when it comes out. But, um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was one of those things. It was, it was one of the, one of the first things when we were talking about, how to how we wanted to play with these tropes and it's like you know some of the the things that you you know you have to have in in one of those films right and we're like well you gotta have the shower scene right and like so how do we do the shower scene how do we do the shower scene and have it be um feminist if we you know we are we are overtly referring to the book as a feminist book and um like so how do we do that how do we make a scene that has always been pure objectification and not and not play that game um and it was tough like it was really really hard i like i said i think we got it i hope we got it i'm not 100 percent sure but it, it was something we really wanted to do and it was it was the thing that we talked about from the beginning that we would i don't know this is a little bit of a spoiler so maybe maybe i'll leave that out for now we'll talk about it later okay uh all right but um yeah, it was it was a puzzle. It was a, it was a it was a craft puzzle, and it was a kind of intellectual puzzle. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I really like the characters, and uh, Kamau. You know, I just I, I'm sure I'm going to say everybody's name wrong. Oh, that's okay. I don't know how to say their names either. I just call Cam. I I call her Cam. Cam. Okay. Cool. Uh, no, she's awesome, and uh, I think uh, the right uh, the, the hero we need. Yeah, maybe not the, oh, the hero we deserve her. and the hero we need. No, she's excellent. You know, and she's got a um, she's got a secret agenda. Well, it's not going to be secret too much longer, but um, but yeah, I mean, Cam is Cam is up to something. Um, and I and I I she's smart and she's funny and I like her and and I love Penny. I am so terrified of something happening to Penny, like the the ending of. That that I was talking about, like the the the, the New York stop, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. does not require that Penny lives, um, and that terrifies me. 
Um, have people stepped up and talked about, you know, Penny in particular or, or, you know, obviously Cam's the hero, but you know, Oh yeah. Everybody loves Penny. Penny is the fan favorite right out of the gate. Um, cool. Yeah. She's, uh, she's, she has a tag. Uh, the, uh, uh, she's the, the tag is the Penny rollers, which I quite like. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, she's awesome. Um, and, uh, Issue six is the next special, um, mm-hmm. and you get Miko's backstory there. And uh, our friend Taki is uh, Taki Soma drawn. Soma's going to do that, yeah. Very cool. That's excellent. Yeah. Very, very cool. And I love, truly, you know, because I love what Rucka is doing in the back of Lazarus as well, and I love these uh, essays that you're doing. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, no, and they and and seriously, I mean, you know, even a guy mm-hmm. can relate to the frustrations of social conformity, yeah. of body types and and stigmas and stuff. And I'm a I'm a I'm still a big guy. I'm a less big guy than I was, but and I'm and I'm content with that. But I can I I can certainly respect and appreciate Penny's story uh, in three, mm-hmm. and I think people will will get that as they read it and stuff. We're we're, we're releasing this just as it came out, yeah. so I'm gonna be I'll I'll be careful. With what I say, but uh, yeah, how did you how did you find um, these people to to write these these essays? Um, you know, Lauren McCubbin has been taking point on that for the most part. Um, I told her kind of what I, what we had Danielle write the first one, and then we were like, you know, that was really great. So let's you know let's see if we can get some more and i kind of gave her some topics that i thought would be great and then she went off and running and contacted everybody and it was cool because she contacted people that i would have been intimidated to contact you know and i've been like um like you know they're not gonna want to do a comic book essay you know like i'm not gonna get even right to them and and she's an academic so she was like oh oh, hell they they will you know Uh, (laughs) So it was cool. So we've got a really great list um, coming up, which is exciting. Um, and then I love what she's doing with the back page. Um, yeah. So I'll give her, um, you know, what. So all the ads, all the fake ads and everything. Yeah, she draws. She draws all of that up. Um, and then Good for and you. then she, t- she sends me a list of deliverables and she's like, yeah, I need 30 words for this and whatever, you know, 80 words for this. And then I give her too many and she yells at me. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun to work with her. That's excellent. Well, you know, uh, I'm not surprised because I know the household and the household has always been about providing back matter, uh, to your comics yeah. you and you and Matt. And, uh, no, I love it. And it really is a complete package because you get the comic, you get the essay, and then you do get a straight back ad page yeah. of stuff that people would absolutely love. Now, can people really get the non-compliant? Uh, oh, yeah. Every um, every issue has three things, I think, that are legitimately orderable. <laughs> um, in fact, we have a big old box of the, the second shipment of stuff is about to go out. Um so I think uh So the Spirit Finger obviously. This the Spirit Finger from, from issue three. Um uh <laughs> we just got those in. Um oh and there's like a misprint because like, this is the one thing we didn't catch in proofing. Uh, like in the ad it says the spirit finger is four bucks and then down on the order form it says it's five. Um, oh okay, I see that. Yeah, I'm looking. I was like, oh crap. But they're five. 
Um, but I don't know what I'm going to do if somebody sends four. I guess I'm not going to argue with them. Okay. okay. But um, <laughs> uh, but yes, we, we have these big 18-inch um, spirit fingers. And then let's say non-compliant and the plastic masks. And I mean, if the plastic yeah. mask is just a piece of crap. It's one, you know, it is a piece <laughs> of crap. It's one of those clear plastic masks that you get like around Halloween. They're just super creepy looking. Uh huh. It's just that. Yeah, but given the way that you use them in the book, yeah, I mean, it really does work. And they're really, I mean, I I don't want to uh, soft sell the the sci-fi the very orwellian uh universe that you've set up here yeah and, you know it's george orwell meets the stepford wives in, in <laughs> kind of yeah you know i like it i i know it's 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 really it's good it's a it's a good mind fuck and you know what i'm saying yeah I'm yeah saying. yeah totally absolutely so yeah it's uh no it's fun it's very exciting kel and i and i uh absolutely no it uh it, it hits all the right buttons. I think it, it's there's good action here. There's a smart story going on. People can appreciate the environment that you set up. I mean, it's yeah, it's a it's a good mashup of a couple interesting genres and oh, no holds barred. We haven't barred, gotten but... into the sports stuff yet either. The sport is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, that starts. I'm assuming with four. Yeah. Right? Um, okay. Because yeah, you've been teasing. Yeah. And you know, and and like uh, uh, Alex Getchell um developed that for us and uh developed the sport yeah um we need i mean we needed it to be a real sport you know we needed it to like make sense and have rules and sure um uh and i didn't you know i I kept saying i wanted it to to, like i wanted it to be as organized as as quidditch like i wanted you know okay (laughs) um i didn't want it to be as complicated as quidditch but i wanted it to be like a real invented game Okay. And uh and Alex came up with this thing and it is simple and beautiful and like he worked in things that make sense for our characters' backstories as to who would be good at it and why and like I mean it was it was really like dude. Um it was super, super perfect. Um and it wasn't even like I hadn't intended to you know, it's like, I need to talk to Alex about this game and see if he can help me figure it out because, you know, he's, he's a fighter and he's sporty and stuff. And, and, um, and like, he just came up with the whole thing and I had a different name for it. And, uh, uh, and he was like, no, no. And you have to change the name to this. And I was like, I don't know, Alex. And then he explained and I was like, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> okay. Oh, has- all right. You win. Is that why it has two names? No. It's Megaton um, no, and uh, he, he, Jamila. Yeah, the, the two names thing has to do with class. Uh, oh. So so it's like a martial arts kind of ranking of like, or, you know, tied to the. No, the no, no, no. Not like weight social class. Social station. Like has, no, no, no. But like a social station, basically? Yeah. Like, um, uh, like the, 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 if, if you were an elite, you would refer to it as duemile. Um, and, uh, and then like, if you are not an elite, it's megaton. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that I had, I was calling it, um, bash. Um, but, and we've, we've figured out a way to use that terminology, um, uh, still, but I'm, but I had, I had intended that to be the name of the sport. 
but the do emulate uh, megaton thing is like plays so much more into the themes of the mm-hmm. book that I was like, oh no, that's that's a hundred times better. Okay, well, I can start envisioning some potential cam battles that might be coming up then, not only from what might be happening in the prison, but also, yeah, uh, it's you a- know, from from the country club class stepping down and let's see what your little megaton uh, yeah. fighter can do against against someone that really does appreciate the arts. Yeah, and it's a um, it's a it's a team sport, and it's okay, um, and it's a kind of thing where. Um, Strategy is really important because there aren't specific, it's not like, well, you have a guard and you have a center and you have, it doesn't work like that. Um, there, I'm just going to tell you, cause I don't know why I'm being coy. Um, uh, cause right. Like not everybody who reads the book is going to listen to this, although that would be cool. Um, but, um, there you have, each team has a weight limit. So, um, each team gets 2,000 pounds. Okay. So you can distribute that however you want. So you can have, you know, 10 200-pound guys, or you can have, um, I think, 1,640-pound girls or something, you know, like, or... Uh, is it is it co-ed? Um, it, it used to be before the new, pro- before the new protectorate, you know, everybody played, women didn't really play, play megaton, but women could, could have, women were athletic and women were, um, professional athletes and, okay. um, mm-hmm. like Cam, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, although Cam didn't play megaton, Cam okay. grew up on a different sport, but we'll get into that later too. Um, cool. Cam and her okay. sister, um, and that is a huge spoiler, but that's okay. Okay. Um, that's your reward, folks who listen to Word Balloon. God bless you, honey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Cam and her sister grew up on a different sport, but it's a different sport that, for reasons of, for reasons that are um, that are that play into the the way they're going to make the girls play or the women play megaton. Um, Cam and her sister have an advantage. Okay. So don't don't I like it. No, I'm, I'm, I, and really when I asked co-ed, I'm like, God, I, I sound like I'm signing my kid up, you know, to, to swimming. Or, yeah. Is that co-ed? It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's pretty rough. So it wasn't, okay. um, it would be the sort of thing that, um, even before the protectorate, if women played it, they would have played like a flag kind of version. Okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, it's also grown in popularity with the new protectorate. So. Interesting. All right. Um, yeah, we. You know, you get a sense of the way the law works, and there go the air quotes when I say the law because things, you know, certainly wouldn't make sense to reasonable people. But this is a different society. But yeah, but you know what? I mean, I think that's the. I think that's the thing about it is, I really what I'm shooting for is the kind of science fiction that it just seems like a few years down the road in the wrong direction. Understood. Um, Like I don't want it to be 
how can I describe this? Like right now, right now, as we're starting the series off and you're meeting, you know, the council of fathers and stuff, it's, they're, they're, we haven't spent much time with anybody. Everybody's pretty one dimensional right now. Even our heroes, Mm -hmm. you know, um, um, we don't, it, it takes time to add depth. Um, and right now our villains, you know, the, the men that are in these leadership positions who are, um, you know, pr- pretty horribly condescending in, in most of the um, chances that we've heard them speak. Um, the thing about the father is like, I, I don't want them to be Hitler, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, that's, that, that's the challenge, right? Cause I, I keep, Absolutely. I keep using this thing where, where it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, you know, Margaret Atwood meets Inglorious Bastards, and you see the Inglorious Bastards set up very clearly <laughs> in, um, uh, you know, when when Mako says, you know, uh, all of the leaders are going to be on that ship, and I designed the ship. So you see where we're going with this, right? Like it's laid out for you. Um, but the thing about Inglorious Bastards, right? It was the 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 shock of them actually killing Hitler. Right. Oh, spoilers. If you haven't seen that. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. It's all right. Um, but uh, I mean, and I, I'm a huge Tarantino fan, so yeah, I, yeah, I love too. that. Um, and I, I love how you're you, with him. You're always like, oh, you're not going to go there. Are you going to go there? You're going there. You know? Yep. Um, yep. But. Uh, but we don't we don't have that because this isn't history. So I can't right, right. you know, I can't shock you with that. And, and I don't want it to be as easy as these are horrible people and we're going to slaughter them, you know? So what I'm, what the challenge for me is to slowly humanize them and show you why they think they are doing what is best mm-hmm. and then horribly slaughter them. <laughs> you see? Yay. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. No, the best villains are the ones that you clearly understand their motivations. And if anything, you feel sorry for them because if they had the right person in their life, maybe they wouldn't be such an asshole yeah, like, or whatever. Yeah, like these these guys, you know, it's the patriarchy. They really feel like they're like stern fathers. You know, this is yeah. tough love. They're helping. Um as evidenced by the holographic uh, female leaders that they subject their inmates to. Yeah. Um, that's fun. Yeah, that's, that I she's, like. She's one character. Um, oh, and here, here's another tidbit just for word balloon readers. Readers? Listeners. Um, uh, she's going to get a solo issue, too. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, very cool. So not just an AI. This is uh, – because I – or or an AI, AI based on whatever person. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to give you too like too much about All that, right. but cool. Yeah, it's probably the most disturbing one I've come up with. That a girl? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it's pretty jacked up. <laughs> That's good. That's fantastic. Hilarious. You're killing me. This, this is fun. No, it's great. And um, so, like, how did you decide on Val? See, it was such an instinct thing. It was so not, you know, we were at um, Fan Expo in Canada um, mm-hmm. and I was walking around and this was several years ago. I think this was, I don't, I don't, I don't honestly know what year this was, but it was, a, it was a while ago now. 
And um, I was walking around the artist alley, like I, I usually do on, on a Sunday at a show, um, just to, you know, see if there's people there, I don't know. And, and, you know, you kind of just want to see what you can see, like, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and, but there, I had, I was having that experience where like, everybody was kind of looking through me to see if there was a wallet behind me or something, you know, like they're looking for the most important, the more important person behind you. And, um, and Val didn't do that, you know, Val, um, just assumed we might be colleagues or I might be a client or, um, a human being. I don't know. He stood up when I came to his table, extended his hand and, uh, introduced himself and showed me his portfolio. And it was so human and yep. lovely. And he's such a gentleman. And, yes. uh, and then I looked at his work and I was blown away and it was just this immediate, like, well, all right, let's make something happen here, you know? And then um, I gave him my card and he followed up. And we tried for a while to get something going, work for hire, to get paired up. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it, the timing never worked out right. And so at some point he wrote to me and was like, you know, we don't have to wait for somebody to hire us together. We could just do something together. And I was like, okay. So I sent him a list of projects that I had. I was like, you know, here's some ideas I have going. Like, tell me if there's one or two on here that you like and we'll pick one. And he wrote back and he was like, you know, I like this one and I like this one and I like this one. But the one that really speaks to me is this bitch planet. Uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, bitch planet it is. And then, um, uh, and then Pretty Deadly did really well out of the gate. And uh, and I got an email from Stevenson and uh, he said, so, you know, I think we should talk about what comes next. And I was like, well, you know, I have this um, this project with Valentine Delandro and, um, you know, we've just kind of been batting it around for a little while. We, we, uh, we're, 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 you know, just as a working title, we're calling it Bitch Planet. And uh, it's, a, it's an exploitation thing. And he wrote me back. And I mean, that was literally about it. Um, and he wrote me back and, and it was one line and said, I would very much like to publish something called Bitch Planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think that's a green light. I think we're good. Oh, my God. So. That's outstanding. Well, that's great. And, you know, you, you've obviously, I mean, you learn from every experience because the, the, the through line is clearly there. You started, you know, with Captain Marvel, I think, cultivating this, the Carol Core. Mm -hmm. and, and and did you have tchotchkes or anything that you were giving out? For Carol Core? Yeah. Yeah, I had... Um, uh, the badges? What no, were it was uh, dog tags. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah. All right, there you go. I mean, that's the thing. And then, you know, and pretty deadly now I'm, I'm blanking. Did you have any, you know, I mean, I know, I mean, you guys had that great Tumblr where, you know, you just had all, all those yeah, Western we images never, and all that stuff. Um, no, I mean, we licensed um, pretty deadly to Black Phoenix Alchemy to do some perfumes and they did an amazing yes. job. 
I remember us talking about this. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah, go on. They're incredible to this day. And I'm a perfume nut and, um, big Alice remains like my favorite. It is my day to day go to. Interesting. Um, go on. Yeah. And I, I have a Tom Ford on my, uh, dresser that is suffering some neglect because, uh, because of the pretty deadly perfume. Um, but, uh, <laughs> like I just perfume nerd. No, no, I like it, hon. This is the floor show. You're good. Yeah. Keep going. Brian uh, Bendis, one time, um, a neighbor of his is also a perfume nerd, and she brought me a bunch of samples of like some really high end perfumes, some that I had read about but never smelled because I'd never been anywhere that had them, and um, and she was she just gave them to me, and like I flipped out and I was sitting there sort of like you know carefully opening and trying to smell and think about each one and and everything and Brian was like I've never seen this side of you like he was completely (laughs) freaked out and like delighted um but his wife gets really bad migraines and she can't be around any like strong fragrances. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he'd never seen that side of me because I don't wear perfume to his house because I don't want to give Elisa a headache, you know? I'm hip. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. That's all. All right. So what's the most overrated perfume that need to know? Um, Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really a, I'm not really a snob because I mean, I love some really, I, I love Dracarna. You've got ushers. Dracarna You've got bar ushers. for men. Like I, I like oh, I. There you I go. Very, <laughs> I am totally okay with. Uh, uh, oh, that is the scent of a teenage boy. Um, but I was going to say exactly. Huh? That was my go-to scent in my teen years. Oh my Absolutely. god! But you know what? I it it holds up. I still love that. <laughs> still, and I don't know. Maybe it sense memory, but I love. I love that. Um, uh, I, I I'm not a subtle woman in any regard. I. Um, <laughs> We knew this. Yes, I, I got like like poison is too much for me. But uh, but Terry Mueller's uh, uh, Angel, I I adore. Um, and uh, um, there's a there's a bunch of uh, old Guerlain. Is it Guerlain? I think it's Guerlain uh, fragrances that were the ones that I had I never smelled before, and it's like. Um, particularly there's, there's one that has a Japanese woman's name that, that's a fragrance from the forties. And, um, like the, the, you know, supposedly like there were all these children born because of this fragrance. <laughs> you know, you smell that's it and sad. it smells a little like an old lady perfume, you know? But... <laughs> well, do, do vintage perfumes hold up? Um, no, oh, not well um yeah i would think not okay uh but i mean it it welcome to perfume talk by the way yes (laughs) yeah i'm still learning i mean there's so uh, it was really great though because like uh uh i got to participate sort of you know matt um i'll go to matt with all kinds of of um craft questions and he always only comes to me with like um he calls them taste questions, but they're not really taste questions. They're like ethics questions, you know, or I don't know if it's even ethics. It's it's like, should I do this? I'm like, no, you should not do that. You know? Um, and, uh, but so he doesn't, he doesn't come to me with craft questions, you know, cause he's quite frankly, just really good at it and doesn't need any help. But, um, uh, 
but when he was working on the the dog issue of Hawkeye, mm-hmm. um, pizza dog, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he was like, okay, so they, you know, dogs communicate with the world by smell, right? So if everybody's is, and we had this talk about um, how would you visually represent smells, and and I gave him this perfume website that I like that he went to and and used the way that they do it on the website. You know, with the pictures of the notes and stuff. Okay. okay. So, and he sent it to David, and I got to feel like I had participated. So that was pretty. That's cool. cool. Yeah. Hilarious. And my last word on on scents. Uh, you see, with you with Dracar Noir, for me it was Jovan Musk. Yeah, there that you was, go. That was my teenage, like any girl that. Oh, <laughs> that would that would remind me of the first girl I did. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I, I don't even like. Re- yeah, really tacky, <laughs> like white shoulders. You know, like. <laughs> Oh God! Do they I love white shoulders. They must. They must. I am. You're killing me. I don't know. I just. I. I vaguely remember that, that yeah. phrase. I just adore these detours that we go down, yeah. depending on the creator. No, this is. Hun, this is the stuff. This yeah. is what I look forward to. Who this is what I get I took, emails I took my about. Four year old. I took my daughter. My daughter wanted to go on a lady date, right? So I took my four year old on a lady date, and we um, we went shopping for uh. She she got to pick out um, a perfume because they they sell perfumes in like small like tw- you know twenty dollar per size mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. and uh, so you know we we went and we talked about how to pick perfumes and 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 uh, you know we went to them to the the counter and I was sort of like hoping I was like am I going to get somebody who's going to judge me for letting my four year old wear perfume you know and uh, and then the, the the lady was great she was. You know, she's been treated to Lula like, like this is, oh, this is very serious, you know, and, and, um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, we talked about that it needed to be something that was appropriate. And we thought maybe, you know, some, um, some fruity notes or some, you know, something a little sweet, nothing too heavy would, and, and we're going on, you know, and, and, and Tallulah's loving it. Um, and then, uh, Tallulah picks out some fragrance that has, boy bands on the box and like or a boy band i don't one direction yes yes that's what it was, it was oh yeah one no. direction perfume yeah yeah i've been through the fragrance aisle uh, recently so i'm hip to this stuff oh, go on Oh my god and i was so like and and the lady is like like backing her up on this and i'm like making faces at the lady like no <laughs> <laughs> trying to raise an individual thank you <laughs> Well, I was going to ask now, now you've opened uh, a door that I have to go through like American girl. Is that, uh, is Tulu, Tulu aware of that? And is that a eventual destination or have you guys already done this? No, we haven't done American girl yet. Um, what are your thoughts, mom? The big, I don't know. I don't, I haven't even looked into them yet. Really? Um, All right. Bitch planet. I, I, you know, back, all right, back to the hardcore stuff. No, uh, the fact that Eric immediately did want, you know, and based on the success of, of Pretty Deadly, that's that's great. And I am interested in how the image experience is changing for you or evolving for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's been a pretty tremendous experience, honestly. It's sort of. I mean. It, it, it's. 
the good the good news is you you make all of the decisions. The bad news is you make all of the decisions. Sure. Um but I do feel incredibly supported and I do feel like there are things that I can do there that I would not be able to do anywhere else. You know, like no one tells me you know, oh, well, you're going to alienate a certain part of your audience if you, you know, like, uh-huh. well, okay. You, you know, like it's, it's, it, it is, we're very backed up. They all, Eric wants you to do what you feel passionate about. He wants you to make the book that you want to read mm-hmm. and he will back you up, you know, and, uh, and that's pretty incredible. Um, and I'm, I mean, people, people always read into that, like it's an indictment of, you know, work for, work for hire. Yeah. And that, and that's not what I mean exactly, because I wouldn't be able to do the numbers that I'm doing on my creator owned work if I hadn't built that audience doing work for hire. Absolutely. So, um, I couldn't have one without the other. And it was, it's been an incredible experience for me to work at Marvel. Um, I felt very supported there too, but it's not, you know, there, it doesn't belong to me there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there have been things that I wanted to do that were just too weird, you know, and that's okay. That's totally okay. That is cool that I, it doesn't belong to me and I don't get to make those calls. Um, and that, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you can say that you can do some things here and some things there and, and not have it be like, I don't, I don't, I don't mean it. To, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody I've worked with at Marvel. Um, everybody there, you know, I really like Tom. I really like Sana. Um, I've had, um, Steve Wacker. You know, sure. as a friend, even as well as being a crazy person and a great editor, um, uh, it, it's it's been a, a great experience for me. But there is also something to be said for being able to make the calls that the, like he, it's an economy of scale thing too, where it's like I don't have to worry about doing the numbers that Marvel wants you to do, I can do, you know, I, we, we can do smaller numbers and I mean, we're, we're not actually doing smaller numbers. I'm doing the same numbers, but good for you. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. But I don't have to worry about it um, because the economy of scale is different. So absolutely. um, So I can make this book that I know, um, I know certain stores are not going to be able to even carry it because of the title. Sure. And sure. we got to make that decision and be like, you know, that we're going to, we're closing off some avenues of income right out of the gate. Right. And, um, and we, and we knew we wanted to do that. You know, it was like, nope, this is worth it. This is, we're, we're betting on this. And um, it is a very adult book. It is a book with, that is that is not subtle in its um (sighs) 
political leanings, I guess. Okay. You know, I mean, it, it has a it has a real point of view. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're the thing that I've, I've tried to say is, is that, you know, women are not a monolith. Feminism is not a monolith. There are, you know, w- within um, these different groups, we, we have disagreements. So, you know, you, there may be things in here that you in some of the the essays that you don't agree with, or maybe some things in some of the essays that I don't agree with, but we have this opportunity to raise some voices and, um, and we're going to do it, you know? And, and if, if that is not your bag, that is okay. <laughs> you know, we can still be friends. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's liberating to be in the position to make those decisions, you know? Sure. Is it changing? Not only that, I, I want to know about the retail side, but before that, I'm curious from the convention side, you know, Bitch Planet's only had three issues, so mm-hmm. I don't know how many shows you've had the opportunity to do with Bitch Planet out there. But I wonder, beyond talking to fans through Artist Alley and stuff, the panels, mm-hmm. because Kel, and I know we've talked about this before, I I the I, I I am so glad that it seems like we're moving away from the hey women are doing comics yay yeah and that seems to be the only thing that that's there up on the panel and it's and it's a bunch of I wishes and it's like well it seems like the the ceiling is finally truly breaking more opportunities are there and you and as always Han I want your your point of view but yeah like I mean. Do you see opportunity in the kind of panels that you're able to have? And I know you even told me, I can't remember if it's just us talking or it's been on Word Balloon, about like science fiction panels that have gotten beyond the glass ceiling BS and really had much more interesting conversation and stuff like that. But do you see that opportunity happening on on the panel level? Because I I really think that great ideas come when, when you're able to discuss these, whether it's publicly or privately, and I'm sure privately... Lots of creative people are getting together and having discussions, but it just seems like, you know, that we got to move forward and everything, you know, and are we? Yes, but, um, and I, th- I think you and I have disagreed about this a little bit before in the past too, respectfully and friend- friendly. Um, of course. But um, I, I, certainly there is a conversation happening and certainly there is change happening. I mean, yeah. um, with the, like the women of Marvel panel, for instance, um, you know, when I first started doing that panel, um, there weren't very many of us. Sure. Um, and the last time I did it in New York, um, I literally had to sit on the floor uh, ah. because we ran, ah. we ran out of chairs. Ah. Um, and uh, and I had the realization at the start of that panel that like, it was like, you know, next year I'm probably not going to be here. I'm probably not going to be on this panel next year. And that, and it was a moment, uh, not, not because the panel wouldn't exist, but because there would be so many new voices Mm -hmm. and it was their turn to speak, you know, like everybody's heard from me plenty. Um, and that's, and that's right. And that's good. And that's the way it should be. Um, and that was an, an interesting realization to have. Um, you know, at the time, to- at, at the same time, um, 
I, I understand the ghettoization argument, um, but I do. I like the women in comics panels um, and I like them because because women until very recently were not invited to be guests uh, at conventions in even respectable percentages, much less in, in even percentages. Um, there would very often be no women invited at all. Um, and sometimes, you know, there might be one or two, you know, me or Gail or Marjorie. Um, huh. and, uh, the, the women in comics panels give the young women who are coming up an opportunity to hear from women who are in positions that they would like to be in, that it can be done. Sure. Um, and then there is a... <sighs> there's a conversation that can happen too in those, you know, as the rooms got bigger and bigger over the last few years, you start to see that the audience was growing and there were more and more young women who were um, aspiring to these career choices. It's hard to stand in a room of 300 superhero comics readers who are largely female with a panel of, you know, eight to 10 women creators on the panel and say, Oh, women don't read comics, you know, <laughs> like really, <laughs> you know? And I mean, and that's, that's yes. the thing that we will start with at the start of, of the panel is, you know, all right, who here reads superhero comics, you know, and then, you know, 250 hands go up and you're like, all right, so we're not going to discuss that. You know, we're not going to say, like, do women really read superhero comics? Exactly. Yes, yes. Settle to that right now. That it, girl. you damn straight. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, and but that's a thing that still happens. And, you know, and I, and I think, and where, this is a, a thing I complained to you about a, years ago, you know, was, was I got asked it by, uh, uh, you know, somebody in a, position of some authority to uh, answer for <sighs> all women, women kind. No, no, no. To, oh, to oh, oh, sorry. Answer, answer for please. some kind of questionnaire thing. It was, uh, uh, well, you know, oh, okay. what do you say to those young women who still think there's a glass ceiling? And, you know, implicit in the question is, um, that it's over. T- tell them that it's not, you know, right. tell them okay. that there's not. Okay. And, um, there is, there absolutely is. I think, I mean, I think that's the thing about Bitch Planet. And that's a thing, I don't know, about my personality, maybe. Is like, I'm sorry, this makes you uncomfortable. We're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> you know? Go, woman. Like that Gary Groff thing. Um, t- it, today. Didn't see the Gary Groff. Tell me. The, oh, didn't see God. It. Some, he was like, well... You know, there is, it was an excerpt. It's probably in. Oh, I'm I'm probably furious about something that that he said three years ago or whatever it was. But I just read about it today, so I'm livid. You know, but it was like, well, you know, I don't see gender. I I want to do this. What did you say? I'm I I confess to being gender blind when it comes to good writing. You know, which was like, in 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 the this was in the in the face of a discussion about how there were. Um, uh, like 1,500 some pages in Comics Journal 
uh, of which there was, was like 15 um, uh, uh, that were dedicated Devoted. to, to uh, the, the work of, of women. Uh, okay. Or or okay. had even the names of women mentioned. Um, uh, uh, Heidi McDonald pointed out that uh, like Crumb's lawyer's sex life got literally as much coverage as all of the women in the last uh, 50 years or whatever. Like, I mean, it, it was really mind boggling. You have to go read the actual piece because I'm sure wow. I'm, I'm not remembering it correctly. But anyway, his when he was asked about this, he confessed. Well, you know, I, I confess to being gender blind when it comes to good writing. And it was like, that's worse. That's worse because what you're saying is, oh, I don't, I don't have a bias. I don't see gender. I just recognize what's good. And, you know, only 10% of you women are go- like, like that's basically saying women can't do this or women suck at right. this. Right. Um, and, and, I can, yeah. um, and I mean, that's, that's what you're saying. If you're, if you're like, yeah. I just pick the best stuff. So happens 90% of the best stuff is from dudes. Like really? That is so weird. Since we're fifty percent of the fucking population, you know. I do. And, and I like, absolutely do. Um. Uh. Uh. Have you heard me lose my mind about uh uh the film statistics? No. no. Oh well. Welcome to my world, John. Uh, uh, That's why I had you here. Sit down. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> we got time. Go. Uh. Uh. As far as I know, last year's stats are not out yet, but the year previous. Films made in the United States, 30% of speaking roles to women, 30%. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Speaking roles, John. Jesus. Speaking roles. Yeah, that's fucked up. 15% of protagonists, one five. And that's Yeesh. down a percentage point from 10 fucking years ago. Jesus. And again, let me say one more time, we're half the population damn straight so it's this notion that like well it's you know i just judge on merit like oh so that means we don't merit it like that is that is somehow worse than fessing up to oh no i'm a victim of my bias you know I hear you. No, I do. And, you know, seriously, I'll even make a culpa and say that I, you know, because a lot of times that sounds familiar to strands of things I might have said to you or Van Meter or, or somebody else in terms of where I'm just like, you know, you write a good story. Yay. You know, and so, but I can appreciate absolutely. You see, this is why hun, I, I need this kind of, and, you know, I'm kind of setting hun, of course, but we're friends. So no, that's no, no. I, John, I love you to death. <laughs> I don't doubt your heart, you know, and it, and it's, we, we are all growing. We are all growing yeah, here. But the, the, the thing no, is that there, it, we are, have deeply ingrained in us, all of us, this white male default, right? Yes. That that is, yes. that, that anything else is a modified version of that. That is what base human being is, right? So we'll have these arguments where it's like, well, you know, why would you make her a woman? Like the hero, why make the hero? A you woman? know, why yeah. would you make her a woman? As though yeah. there is some default choice, you know? Or like I get asked, uh, uh, and not so much anymore because I, I give kind of a shitty answer and it's gotten around. But um, I would get asked with some frequency at conventions how to write women, you know? And, and like, that's, and my, my answer is, 
Well, pretend we're people. You know, and I and I understand that the dude who's asking me this question, it's usually like, you know, how do I write, you know, do you have some tips for writing strong female protagonists or whatever? And and, and I understand that they're they're and, and this is I, I get people like get furious at me because I'm, you know, they're well intentioned and you're being nasty. I'm like, yeah, they're treating me like I'm subhuman and I'm calling them on it. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I get that they're that that. It's a well-intentioned question. I get that it's coming from someone who's trying to do better, but at the same time, like no, that is that comes from the place of of fig of the the idea of the male default, right? It comes from from this like like the same way that I also get asked, like, well, you write a lot of female protagonists. Aren't you afraid you're going to get pigeonholed? <laughs> like that's literally a question I got from a major website, um, and like. Has a dude ever in the history of dudes ever been asked, <laughs> how do you write a dude? Could you give me a couple <laughs> tips to write a dude? Yeah. Absolutely not, yeah. because we don't think of, of dudes right as like one thing. Like, you know, no, you don't. You write the individual. Well, guess what? When you're writing women, you also write the individual. Um, And the, and the, the, the same thing with. Like, aren't you afraid you're going to get pigeonholed? Like, if somebody's written multiple stories with male leads, nobody's like, oh, that guy only writes male leads. Like, no one notices. <laughs> no one notices because that's it's not remarkable. And it doesn't sound ridiculous until someone points out how idiotic it is. Yeah. Because you're right, we've been ingrained. Of course the hero's a man. Of course, Han, you're, you're kicking ass on Captain Marvel. You are telling classic space opera and having a ball. And, you know, it's Carol. It's not, it's not Flash Gordon. It's not, you know, yeah. it's, it's Carol and it's fun and it's exciting. And that was, uh, that was another one. You know, I was asked by somebody who was working, um, trying to, to figure out how to, to write Carol. And, and I was giving him some tips on it. And, um, uh, and he, he's, I said, you know, it was, it was just talking about how, um, She's the, uh, you know, you want to have that like swagger with her. She's military, uh -huh. but she's military the same way that like, uh, uh, you know, Pappy Boynton was military. You know, yeah, there's yeah. the well, a test pilot. Yeah, yeah. like, um, uh, yeah, Chuck Yeager, right? Jimmy Doolittle, Chuck Yeager, absolutely. Yeah, yes. and and so it's like you know, if and and we have the 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 female archetypes that we have when we think military tend to be like kind of harpies, you know, um, like the the Margaret Houlihan is the one. You know, oh, okay. everybody sure, always, always tries to make her and uh, always tries to, to like trying to make Carol into a nag, you know, because, well, she's military. So she's, you know, straight laced or whatever. Like nobody can cheer for that person. You know, no one, yeah. no one cheers for Margaret Houlihan, you know, um, <laughs> that's the great, that's the best title of an essay you haven't written yet. Yeah. No one cheers for Margaret Houlihan. I like it. Uh, Go on. Except every once in a while when there's a very special issue, you know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, anyway, so it was, it was, it was, it was like, you know, so we're talking about this and it was like, you know, I can't think of any female archetypes. I was like, oh, that doesn't matter. Just use the male ones. And he said to me, well, then how am I not just writing a man in drag? And it was like, oh my God, you think we're that different? Like you think that there's some, like, you're, you know how you're going to know it's female. You're going to know she's female because she has breasts. And she looks like a female and she refers to herself as a female and she's going to be, you know, 
you when you read her, you're gonna hear a lady's voice in your head because she look like you don't have to do something that says, you know, it, it it's it, like I don't walk around thinking all of the time. Well, as a lady, I this, and as a lady, I that, and I don't know how does my vagina feel on this chair right now? You know, I mean, like we don't think about our gender. You know, I'm a, yes. I said vagina on your show. Vagina. You're vagina. totally allowed to say yes. You, you exactly. It could be a mantra. I have no problem with that. You know that. <laughs> Absolutely, the vagina mantra, if you will. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be you another didn't... year and a half before you have me back. Not at all. Are you kidding me? You're my co-host, hon. <laughs> Join Cal and I next week when we talk about fragrances and uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of any. You know. And and hygiene, I don't know. All right, films. Yeah. There we uh, happily. Well, that yeah. that's the thing. I mean, honestly, I welcomed you to the clubhouse with open arms because immediately you're like modesty blaze. Oh yeah. Did you see this? And did you see this badass documentary about the World War II pilots? And I'm like, no, I didn't know. You're fantastic. Did I ever send that? Sit to you? down. You told you told me Fly about girls. it, and I uh, so yeah 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 Fly Girls exactly. Yeah. So you know, I no, I appreciate that, and that's great, and that's what I'm saying. Like you know shit you can throw down with the best of them absolutely and and truly i appreciate that because um i you know i don't know how do you quantify like marvel and dc are about to take good steps in the right direction and and just like you were talking about the numbers that you can be profitable with mm-hmm. on pretty deadly and bitch planet and stuff like that that's the other shoe that's waiting to drop i love what they're doing that's great. I, I don't know what their line of acceptable return is. Um, and, and also, I don't know, you know, I mean, like you said, a, a lot, you know, you'll ask the question, do women like superhero comics? Everybody raises their hand. That's fine. You know, I, I'm glad that books like Lubbern Janes and, and what you're doing and, and Look other. Look at the numbers are... Ms. Marvel is doing. Right. I mean, that is the thing that I don't know why we're not shouting that from the rooftops. Um, I mean, Ms. Marvel outsells Captain Marvel by an order of magnitude. Um, I mean, we have a vocal fan base, but that that book is burning up the charts and it is well deserved. Um, cool. uh, Willow is writing her ass off on that book uh, and it is hitting. Um, I mean, it's. Go check the numbers. Um, it's, it's doing very, very well, you know, and we're at, our industry is in such a time of flux right now. Um, um, you know, digital comics are, are changing the game. Um, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, I am scared to death of the captain marvel film i am scared to death of the captain we, we were getting to that um okay in what way i i trust marvel marvel's done a really great job with their films i, I trust marvel studios um but i am terrified that if that if it doesn't do well for whatever reason that it'll set everything back I understand. Um, well, the, you know, Tank Girl and Catwoman and the Barbed Wire. I mean, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, those, but those were all shitty movies. Hell yeah. You know, I mean, Absolutely. that's the thing, too. Yes. Is it's like. Yes. 
you know, and like I had such high hopes for Haywire. I thought, hey, oh, I was like, oh God, you know, Haywire is going to be the one. No, I haven't seen Lucy, but um, yeah, I haven't either, actually. Uh, but like, it, it's just we need one to hit and do it right. Like, if mm-hmm. if somebody does it right, then it'll stop being a question. But you know, I mean, I mean, like we're just we're so far backwards when we were from when you and I were growing up. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking the other day about, um, you know, like Bionic Woman and uh, Wonder Woman and, and Aaron Gray on Buck Rogers. Yep. And uh, and shit, Maud, you know, damn straight, Maud. Absolutely. Uh, my personal. Yeah, you know, bro. that's yeah, but that's that's really societal i mean it isn't just the women it isn't just a women's problem it really is everything oh no and and, and it's just gotten ridiculous or did get ridiculously safe on the network side thank god uh much like digital comics and the image explosion and stuff we've got the other platforms you know netflix and and certainly amazon prime and everything that's happening right now in addition to basic cable and and pay cable yeah i was thinking getting, the other day i was thinking about this but like you know how when you and I were growing up that this because there were only three networks, you know everybody was essentially watching the same shows, so we had these shared yep. experiences, right, and we were yep. lucky enough to be at a time when we were all watching the same shows, and they didn't and it didn't all portray one experience, right. So we would mm-hmm. see like female leads and we would see, you know, we were all, we were, so we were all watching Wonder Woman and we were all watching, um, all in the family. We were also all watching, um, uh, Sanford and son and good times and Chico and the man. Yep. Um, and, well, maybe not all of us were watching Chico and the man. Cause when I bring that one up, <laughs> there's always people who are like, I've never heard of that one. Like how can oh, you not have heard of Chico and the man? No, no shit. <laughs> Well, you know that was a blip. Yeah, I mean, we were there, we were there for it, but when Freddie died, it you know really yeah. killed, literally killed the show. Yeah, um, but you know there was there was such a a range of experience on television. Absolutely, and- High Chaparral was a Hispanic uh, western that I find on cable now, and I'm glad that they finally brought back in someone. Yeah, right. So we all so we had these opportunities to identify with people who didn't look like us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, well. We had opportunities to identify with people who did look like us, and we had opportunities to identify with people who didn't look like us. And I think Absolutely. that there was um, a kind of um, empathy socialized into us from that experience. And now, as there are 90 billion fucking networks, and no show will ever have those kind of ratings again. Mm-hmm. we're also finding that nobody has to watch people that don't look like them anymore. That's right. And I'm afraid of what that's doing to us. Yeah, I understand. Uh, that's, you know, I mean, that expands socially with the news that we get and the perspectives that we have. And yeah, if you want to live in a very, single colored and it really isn't just a white world if you want to live in a very insulated black world or hispanic world or any creed or color or nationality it's very easy to do that Mm -hmm. 
very easy to do that. And I mean, God, as a as a Greek American, I can you know talk about relatives mm-hmm. that can immerse themselves in Greek related media and not pay attention at all to what's going on otherwise. Yeah. And and yeah, it is scary. It it is. Uh, it's I don't know. We're we're kind of at the beginning of that period. And I don't know, I guess we'll see when we're old people yeah. and, see, and was, see what it looks like. I was sort of wondering, and, and this there, this may be a like, just a simple correlation thing, but I was thinking about, you know, how polarized our political conversation has been in the last few years. And, and you know, every once in a while, there'll be a story where there's some you know, old fart who's been in, in the Congress for 30 years or whatever, and he's retiring and, and he'll say, yeah, you know, like when I first came in, we worked across the aisle and, you know, you can't get anything done anymore. And it's all um, so partisan and poisonous and, you know, it's never been like this before and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then some talking head on, on, you know, the, the, radio or the news station or whatever will say, you know, oh, that's not true. You know, it was, um, our nation was never more polit- uh, polarized than it was, you know, in 1770, whatever, you know, and people used to have <laughs> duels and blah, 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 you know. Um, and I was thinking about that, uh, the idea that, <coughs> pardon me. No worries. <coughs> and I'm not a media scholar. I may be just pulling this out of my ass. So I don't know if, if there's if there's any correlation here or not, but I was thinking about the fact that like, well, that back in those days, that predates shared media. You know, I mean, we had the, yes. the printing press, but everything was was very, um, you know, you really, localized. Yeah, I mean, like new, news was slow to travel, mm-hmm. and everything was local, and um, so again, it was it was very easy to demonize anybody who wasn't like you, whether it was because of the color of the skin or that they just lived, you know, they had a different accent, whatever uh-huh. it was. Um, and I, I wonder if our having the experience of shared media um, in the middle of the century brought us together. And if that splintering is bringing us back apart. Well, I, I think the response to that era started really 30 years ago. And, and you know, there was just this real resistance to as open as things got. I mean, it really seems like Watergate kind of ushered in a real good time of just asking questions and trying to and trying to sort things out. And certainly everything that happened in the 60s and early 70s was a part of that. And then in the 80s, there was this kind of like feeling of, all right, can we just stop? Yeah. Do we need to worry about this every day? Can't we just go back to a gentler, kinder time? And yeah, um, and maybe now in this divided media world, uh, it does make it easier for that to happen. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 you know, your kids are going to answer that question for us, and I think their kids. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think on the on the comic side. I mean, yeah, I, I do think we're we're on the cusp of something incredibly positive. And that um, luckily it will be the, the market that dictates, you know, the survival and continuation of a lot of these books coming from different people and ideas. And again, because it is divided, they don't need the DC and Marvel numbers to be successful. 
And I think that's great. And I think that, you know, that allows for a much richer and diverse comics market. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like you bummed yourself out. I totally bummed myself out. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. Like, but, like, didn't you feel excited that when they announced the Captain Marvel movie? I mean, isn't this oh, yeah. like kind of a, there's a vindication there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, well, excited and scared to death. I mean. Well, like you said, yeah, but, but well, and you, you explain the scared to death part, which I get. I totally understand. But I also think, what do you think of the, how the Marvel movies, I mean, again, everyone's, you know, been asking for a lead, but how do you think uh, Marvel has handled uh, the women in their movies? Your opinion. Well, I mean, it, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't say, right? Um, but sure. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I think. Do you like Agent Carter? I haven't watched Agent Carter. I totally need to watch Agent Carter. I don't get to watch enough television, but um, uh, I haven't watched Agent Carter, and I've watched like one episode of Shield. My mother okay. loves Shield, though. Oh my god, my mother. Uh, like texts me Marvel questions. It's the cutest thing in the universe. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I like that too. You don't you love when the noobs are like, okay, so who's this person? Yeah, no, and it's it's hilarious. <laughs> it's it's like you know, like we'll get a, a question in the middle of the night that's like, I'm sorry, wait, what is Hydra again? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, that's cool. But uh, no, I mean, I I thought Black Widow was fantastic in the Avengers films. Um, uh, I think she's. I, you know, uh, she is the opposite of a sexy lamp. I think she's she's tr- just tremendous. Um, sexy lamp, yeah, that's awesome. Um, oh, you, have you heard my, te- my 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 sexy lamp test? Not at all. I like it though. Okay, so so I think I think the Bechtel <laughs> test is a little too complicated for comics. So um, so the sexy lamp test is um, if you can take your female character out and replace her with a sexy lamp, and your plot still functions, then fuck you. You're a genius. I really am. It's true. I like it. Well, good news. Haley Atwell, Agent Carter, I think, and you, you know, if you remember what she did in the Cap movies yeah. and stuff, I think it, you'll be pleased because it is more of the same. And really, it's it plays like a 40s alias in the best possible ways. I liked Alias. Yeah, I I, I, I loved Alias. <laughs> loved All right, there you go. That was back when I had time to watch television. It is somehow the, the, like, there's, I have so many problems with that show, and yet I still love it to death. Um, but yeah, no, I get it. There's, um, uh, no, I, I, I think, I think Marvel has, uh, uh done, I, I have enjoyed all of the Marvel films. Um, um, you know, the Avengers films in particular, like I, I just, I like get giddy and jump up in my chair and clap, you know, I mean, it's, they, and oh my God, Guardians. Yes. I kept turning to Matt during Guardians and going, this shouldn't work. This should not work. And it absolutely worked yep um and and so much of it was was chris pratt's personal charisma and and the soundtrack but still i mean they were making incredibly complicated comic booky ridiculousness just yeah. play you know yeah. like oh no we're just going for it and and totally pulled it off. Absolutely pulled it off. It was unbelievable to me. 
How was it playing with those characters in uh, Captain Marvel? Oh, great. Absolutely great. I I um I love uh R- Rocket and Chewie mm-hmm. together. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm kind of jealous I didn't get to write Carolyn Groot. I can appreciate that. Yeah. That's too bad. The um with Secret Wars coming up, have they announced what you're doing? If you're doing anything? They have not, I don't think yet. Okay, but you are involved. <laughs> have they talked about how uh, End of Days affects Captain Marvel? <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, we are going to be talking sooner than later. All right, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, because also, it, I, I don't know where you stand in terms of uh, your future, you know, at Marvel and stuff, if you've got time. We'll, we'll, so. have, to, we'll, we'll have to talk off the air. All right, that's fine. I respect that. That's all right. How was the Dark Horse experience working in uh, Prometheus and um, Alien and, and uh, uh, rather, uh, yeah, it was Alien. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. So good. Um, yeah. I, uh, I came out of that really pleased that I had done it. Um, I wish I had like 10 more pages for my issue, but, um, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I enjoyed working in the writer's room. Scott Alley is a tremendous editor. Um, all of my colleagues, I, I came out with it like a, a, just a genuine affection for those dudes. Um, yeah, it, it was a, an all around great experience. The, the one thing that went really wrong with it, I was lucky enough because of my positioning, it didn't affect me that much. Okay. So the the one thing that happened was we were we were like in it. You know, we had already we'd been working, people had been scripting and everything was approved and then Fox came back and unapproved some pretty uh. major stuff. It hit Paul Tobin the worst. Paul had to go back and and rewrite a whole issue and I think I think the other guys, I think Sabella lost some stuff too. He like, but because I was at the very end, I had not started started scripting yet. So like, there were there were dudes who lost a lot of work and had to like just start from scratch, and I just had to throw some notes out. <laughs> so I was like, oh okay. man, it sucks for you. But <laughs> are there other work for hire opportunities uh, at other publishers beyond Marvel? And are there are there, are there characters like licensed characters that you'd like a crack at? I I figure you'd like to do Modesty Blaze if the opportunity ever came up. Yeah, but I don't think um, O'Donnell's estate's going to give it to anybody. All right, there you go. Uh, um, but yeah, like so. But are there existing licenses that you know we might see you on? Oh sure, there's stuff I'd like to do. There's there's also stuff that like I don't you know like you have some of those characters that are so important to you that you think maybe you wouldn't touch them with a ten foot pole, you know. Yeah, I don't want to not like that anymore, you know. So I yeah, does that happen? Does do, does a franchise that you liked as a fan suddenly become like working at the hardware store after you've had to write? I it? think it can. I think it can. I've been lucky enough that I haven't had that experience really, but I've okay. seen it happen. Um, and and it has made me rethink. Like, hmm, maybe that's not a thing I want to do. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, right now, um, I'm in a pretty great place. Um, I've got 
you know, some some stuff coming up that's not announced yet, and I've got. Um, I, I'm in a I'm in a good position with with this with what I'm on. Um, I I should I, I have a little too much going on. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, and which is just a problem, but um, you know, it's it's there's the too much work in this economy is is the very definition of a luxury problem. So I I, I hear you. No, that's all right. Well, the good news is, is the quality is still coming out, kid. So oh, you're doing good. Thank you. I mean, it's just like one of those things where it's just like, you know, so many people I want to work with. And you, know, you, you have that thing where you want to like, well, shit, let's strike while the iron's hot, you know? And then, Absolutely. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I can appreciate and that. And I hate the guilt of anybody waiting on me. Oh, my God. That makes me want to vomit. <laughs> it really does. It's the worst. Well, but I'm really glad that, you know, beyond the comic sphere that, you know, other people are, are becoming hip to, like, what you can do. Was it Entertainment Weekly that had the two of you, uh, you and Matt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, was, was the... there's this thing that happened that, like, when that came out and then the headline was, like, something about, like, the comics first couple or something. Yeah, the power couple or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. um, and then, like, all of these people kept, like, I'm actually ing it, you know? And they're like, you know, I'm actually, uh, I think Walt and Weezy Simon said something I was gonna say say <laughs> about that, you know? And so I was like, oh, my God, I completely love Walt and Weezy Simons. And I'm not trying to take anything away from it. And then I finally realized it was a language barrier thing. And they, people were reading it as comics first couple, as in we are the first people who have ever been married and working both in comics and not as some sort of honorary something that they were trying to right. compliment us with, which, you know, it was a very nice thing, you know, to, but, well, it, but yeah, it was, it was just like, yeah, it was, the, it was this hilarious, like, first of all, I didn't say it, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yell it. at me. Yeah. I didn't say it. Oh. And then, and then, just like this, this sort of like, why are you insinuating that I'm trying to take something away from people that I absolutely honor and respect? You know, absolutely. And then I, and then I figured out that most of the people that were saying that English was not their first language, and they didn't understand it. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting because I didn't even make that connection, and I'm the first like cranky old man to get on the millennials who discover fire. And it's like, yeah, we had matches when you were in (laughs) Ember. But thanks for playing. And, and, you know, it's, I know, I know. And and seriously, you feel like, and I do, I feel like a schmuck afterwards because it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. But it's that, it's, and again, in the the case of, uh, like you said, that was a different definition of first. Yeah. And everything. But yeah, you you worry because... You know, Marty Pasco said it best that, like, the mainstream uh, uh, pop culture has an interest in what the comics community is doing. Mm-hmm. And and movies are, are kind of, you know, movies and also the way mainstream media covers this stuff can dictate, you know, even though it's wrong, you know, there's, you know, when, when history is different from the legend, you print the legend or however it went in yeah, Man yeah, Shot totally. Yeah, you know, and I and I worry about that sometimes, and that's why I'm glad that you know I have a forum and others that like you know an old timer can come on and set the record straight, or a historian can come on and set the record straight. Because yeah, there really is that 
hey, this is brand new. And it's like, no, it's not brand new. Right. Actually, it's it's really old. And and there's an interesting through line if you connect the dots, if you'd bother. Yeah. And and sometimes, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of internet uh, coverage is because it's so disposable, you know, becomes the record. And it's like, that's not the record. That's incorrect. And there, and if you really do dig, there is research that will prove that that's not true. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but, anyway. the, but you can spend like your whole life correcting people on the internet. <laughs> You're like, someone's wrong on the internet. <laughs> I know. That's, yeah, suddenly yeah. you're cranky old man again. You're right. Well, on the positive side, way to go. I, Thanks, I, man. I'm, Thanks. you know it, woman. You're, you're doing great. Seriously. I, I, Bitch Planet is fantastic, hilarious, and in all the right ways, a really interesting science fiction story as well. Thank you. Thank and, you. Absolutely. And, and just loads of, uh, of detail and information from the essays and the story itself. Yeah, it's a, and the it's fun. a really rich world. We have a, I mean, we have a timeline and we have like all of these women have backstories. We spent a lot of time on this before we really, um, uh, launched in. So hopefully it, it's, it's, it's rich and immersive. So we'll, we'll let it out bit by bit. And I am, I'm sure you're going to be at Emerald city. I will be at Emerald city. Indeed. Okay. I will not, unfortunately, oh, but man. hope to see, I know my conventions are kind of screwed until I'm doing C2E2 because, of course, all you lovely West Coast people don't feel the need to do C2E2 because I understand it's okay. You got your Seattle show. God bless you. <laughs> but, it, but it bums me out. Cause it's like, ah! We're doing San Diego this year. Okay, good. Well, then I will see it San Diego. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a guest at San Diego for the first time. Matt Sutton. Yay! But it's my first time as a guest, which is... That's fantastic. Yeah, right? It was, that was, I, it was very much a, like, I have arrived! Um, is there a spotlight on Kelly Sue DeConnick panel? I don't know. I certainly hope so. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, and what else? Let's see. That's July. Oh, wait. In, in May... The end of at the end of April, beginning of May, like the thirtieth to the first, I'm in New York doing the ninety nine U conference, which I'm terrified of. What's that? It's kind of like like TED Talks, but with an emphasis on creatives and putting ideas into action. Cool. Yeah. So they, wow. they have a pretty cool website. Um but uh, yeah, there's a there's a Brene Brown talk on it that I really recommend. Okay, ninety nine U. Ninety nine U. Yeah. All right. All right. But um, yeah, so I'm scared to death of that. So that'll be great. And what else? Um, oh, I think we're going to be doing a European one this year too. But we have wow. Yet. All right. Very cool, man. All right. Well, when their uh, when their Marvel announcements uh, happen. I will be bugging you. All right, sounds good, my friend. And then we won't we won't wait a year and a half. We'll only wait a couple months, and we'll we'll check in. Right. And because uh, yeah, because yeah, I am curious how Carol figures in as much as they can say before spoiling stories of how Carol might figure into End of Days and the changes that are pending for Marvel and stuff like yeah. that. So I, I will just say that they're going to take care of our girl. That sounds good. Well, and it makes sense given that the movie's coming yeah. up, so you you can appreciate that. That would be bad but, planning. Uh, that would be some seriously bad planning. <laughs> All the best, and uh, thanks for playing tonight. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for having me, man. Excellent conversation with Kelly Sue. I look forward to picking things up in a couple months when we find out more about her uh, upcoming uh, next moves beyond Bitch Planet and Pretty Deadly. Kelly Sue DeConnick. 
Moving on, uh, part two of Word Balloon today. I'm happy to welcome back uh, Art Baltazar and Franco Aureliani, the wonderful team. Uh, you know them well, especially if you're a longtime Word Balloon listener. Uh, we have been collaborating together, the three of us, on the Aya podcast for five years now. Of course, it's Word Balloon's 10th anniversary this year. And half of that time has been spent with my guys, Art and Franco. And on the All Yet podcast, we hang out and we just kind of dick around. And if you haven't heard it, you might like it, and I hope you do check it out. Uh, the current episode is always on the front page of wordballoon.com. The entire uh, collection you can find at ayat.libsyn, L I B S Y N, libsyn.com. That's where uh, you can find all the other episodes of the All Yet podcast. But every few months or so, I like to have them back on to give them the chance to give a straight-up interview and talk about some of the books they're working on or other projects. Both are doing great work, not only in comics, for Dark Horse, uh, the uh, Tiny Titans Tales of the Treehouse trade is coming out from D.C., we talk about that, but also uh, this week, a bunch of new plushies came out from D.C. Collectibles that have arts designs from his Super Pet series of books, and uh, Franco is working with Capstone on a bunch of if they're not first readers, as Franco says, um, Dino Mike is a series of books that are for uh, kids ages 6 to 9, and it's a fun action-adventure series of prose books with uh, Franco's illustrations, and he writes and draws the books. Um, really neat stuff. And uh, it's just a good time to check in with them. They've got big things happening at their comic store in Skokie, Illinois, suburban Chicago, some events coming up with them, and uh, future convention plans that uh, involve all of us. So it's a good chance to catch up with Art and Franco now on Word Balloon. You know, they always know the difference of when I'm doing a podcast with them and it's the IEP yeah podcast or it's Word Balloon because apparently my the, the tenor of my voice changes. It's true. <laughs> but it's a Word Balloon now. You sound like a real journalist right now. Yeah, please. So well, I hope they're not boring. I mean, it's hard, uh, it's hard questions. Yeah, exactly. Now it's time for the truth. <laughs> I'm Ted Koppel. Welcome to Nightline. Tonight, we talk behind the scenes with Art and Franco. Yeah. The masterminds behind such books as Itty Bitty Hellboy, a sensation from Dark Horse Comics. <laughs> the return of Tiny Titans just happened at DC prior to the convergence. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yes. Art and Franco, I welcome to the, the broadcast. Trade, the trade might come. Oh, thank you, sir. You're a good man. It's always good to be back at the word balloon. Keep uh, keep pumping. What were you going to say about the? Yeah, trades? I was going to say. I think the Tiny Titans trade's coming out because I, I just got my comp copies for the Return of the Treehouse trade. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh-huh. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe. Did you guys uh, put anything extra in there, like a forward or uh, anything? Do you do anything like that for your trades? Uh, uh, not for DC. They just they they control all that. But we, um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's just straightforward. I think it's just, uh, yeah. I think it's just collect issue one through six. Yeah, you don't need a you don't need a forward. People who buy your books know to open it up and start going yeah, they, forward. Yeah, they get page one. You you're in it already. Bam, you're already in forward. There you go. <laughs> it's true. I like it. I like it. But that's cool. Because yeah, I, I'm surprised that uh, that's too bad that that DC hasn't done that. But well, that's fine. But do you do that for the Dark Horse books? Do you have like little introductions and stuff? Um, no, but we get to write our own letters pages, which has been a lot. Yeah, of- <laughs> <laughs> we write our own letters pages for the for the yeah for the mask, itty bitty mask, and for grimace and stuff like that. Outstanding. Yeah, mask just wrapped up. Yeah, number or is four. There one I think number four comes out. No, it just came out last week. But oh, did it just come out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that one was real fun. Was that the last issue or? Yeah, it's a four issue. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. We had Herman Chasbert wear the mask. He's a zookeeper. <laughs> so he didn't, and it's funny because he's the new mask, but he doesn't turn in the mask until he's before. <laughs> yeah, I told uh, <laughs> Brian. I told Brian Bendis about your uh, your little uh, tribute to him when the animals would uh, put the mask on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When the elephant and the giraffe put the mask on, and you see them saying hello, that's Brian Michael Bendis. That's our, <laughs> that's our little nod to him, our salute to yeah, being a fan, big fan. I like of that. Spidey. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I gotta talk to Slot soon. Have you guys? Uh, are you guys caught up on uh, Spider Man lately? No, I have all the Spider Verse stuff, and I and I just actually put it together to to read because I don't read as much as I'd like to <laughs> these days. But no, I understand. But, uh, uh, I just actually went through all my issues of you know that I bought at the store, and I went and I, I went through them all, and I'm like, oh, Spider Man's on the top of my list to read next, so I'm excited to. I love that stuff. Really good. Really, and uh, yeah, Artie, you'd like uh, Spider Verse. There's uh, there's a team up issue that Chris Gage did, and it's um, Ultimate Spider Man, Bendis' Ultimate Spider Man, Miles Morales. Yeah, it's T it's TV Ultimate Spider Man with him, the Disney XD Ultimate Spider Man, oh, the current, cool. yeah, uh, it's yeah the, the current, and then uh, they go to the Ralph Bashke 1967 Spider Man universe, and the art looks exactly oh, like the awesome. show. Oh really? And Peter Parker yeah, with and the they, blue coat on and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. well yes. Yes. <laughs> Miss Brandt. He's got the short hair. Absolutely. No, the whole thing, and and it's awesome. It totally looks like the animated Spider-Man, and it's and and Parker and Miss Brandt and and Jay Jonah and and the villains. It's oh, that's great. Cool. That's it's awesome. excellent. Very very funny. They no, they totally nailed it. So I and the uh, Spider uh, uh, Pig or uh, Spider Ham. Oh yeah, Spider Pick is. Oh, isn't Kitty Cook doing a cover to that or something? I bet she did. I bet she did. She said did some interior too. I'm all I'm all jealous. I want I want to do some Spider Man stuff. Anyway, yeah. Well, let's get back to back to your stuff. So all right, so so Itty Bitty Mask just wrapped up, and now the Grim Asylum. Yeah, Grim Asylum. Yeah, it's the next. Tell me, we're we're doing um. Itty Bitty Comics is a 16-month series, and every four issues, it changes characters. So the first set is Mask, and then the second set is uh, is Grimace Island. And it's a character who we started him in our self-published books, The Grim Reaper. He, he showed up in, I think, issue three of The Grim Reaper, and he's created from a from a, a, a boiling cauldron like a big pot of hot peppers yeah. <laughs> so, so they they the, the mama woogie witch doctors create this little guy to to solve any kind of threat or problem for that for that time and and he first appeared i think it was like 2001 or 2002 we first created this guy wow and um i think uh probably four or five years ago dark horse had that dark horse myspace Back when MySpace was popular, and they Absolutely. had yeah, they had free comics on there, and Grimace Island was one of the comics. It was an eight-page story, so that's gonna the first eight pages is gonna be reprinting that story from online, and then it's gonna continue into new adventures. So it's kind of fun. Did you ever find out how well Grimace Island did on MySpace? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, like, did people ever talk to you and, like, come to you at conventions? 
And say, hey, I saw that on MySpace and everything. Because, no, you know, like, because, you know, that was, I I always think that is such an interesting little footnote as the digital market really happened and became what it currently is. Who knows what it's going to be in a couple of years. But in that very small window, a lot of comic book people really spent a lot of time at MySpace. I know Scott Alley did a ton of stuff over there. Yeah. And, you know, not. Yeah, remember that other one that was popular for like a weekend? That comic space? Yes. I was yes, on there the and I don't, I don't even too. know if it exists, if it's still out there. But that no, was, you're right. No. That was happening around the same time. And both of them were. Uh, and then they had that Zuda from DC Comics at Zuda. Yeah, I just had David uh, Gallagher and Steve Ellis on. They did uh, High Moon. Yeah. Yeah, that's there. right. Yeah. So and and yeah, no, we talked about Zuda, absolutely. Yeah, it was all no, was happening it? around the same time. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's what I mean. Sam Humphreys was like one of the MySpace guys oh, who's right. you know yeah. writing writing at Marvel and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's 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 really interesting. And like I said, yeah, like Scott and I, Scott Alley and I have talked before about Dark Horse Presents initially coming back on uh, on on MySpace. And and God, I know oh. Ross Ritchie at Boom had a lot of stuff going on over at MySpace. Yeah, that was so, kind of yeah. cool. It was cool to see yeah. it, and then uh, a lot of, when that came out, a lot of the sites linked it, so they would just take the pages were everywhere, so that was pretty cool. And that was during, uh, I think it was right before we signed an exclusive with DC. So, like with I finished those, I finished Grimace Island and Meteor Mite on their mm-hmm. MySpace presents, and then like a month or two later. Um, we were exclusive with DC where we couldn't work for people. We couldn't work for anyone else. But then sure. they showed up during the Tiny Titans and Superman run. So it was kind of cool. Mm. <laughs> I think it was. Oh, that's that. funny. Yeah. There's something like that was happening and, and it was overlapping for a little bit. That was kind of cool to freak people out a little bit. It was good Absolutely. stuff. Good yeah. stuff. So for so for, like you said, first eight eight pages is stuff from MySpace, but then you know now you're continuing it. Yeah. Um, what do you want to say about the series? I'm drawing. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty. Well, yeah, it's good, good origin story. Go on. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a bunch of people on on an island, like a tiki tiki island, and there's really no humans. All the people are like blue or green or orange or something, and. They're all. They all look like they have uh, tiki masks on, like like um, totem poles, mask like those faces. So it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing. And then in the first issue, uh, Grimace has to satisfy the the volcano goddess because she's gonna destroy the island because she's angry. She's hot and it's getting too hot. But his passion for her kind of makes the island hotter. So, so it's kind of cool. So I always tell Franco, this is the weirdest, weirdest story we've ever done because we we like to go up to the line, but we never cross the line, especially mm-hmm. with kids' books. But sure. there's nothing in this that that is weird, but but it is weird. But if it was we cross the line, people say, "Oh, I can't believe they did that," <laughs> you know. So like uh, the stuff in here is pretty funny. And um, I think people are going to dig it because I always say that the Grimace Island and the Grimace and the Volcano Goddess, that was our sexy love scene. And (laughs) we don't show anything, but just the island, 
the island getting warm and the lava spewing up from the ground a little bit in different areas. <laughs> so I thought, I wonder if anyone's going to connect is that this is like passion here going on. So that's the first issue for all the kids to read. So it's good. <laughs> but so, so it's I mean, all they know now even a little bit more difficult for them to read because Grimace only speaks in Spanish. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> why is Grimace only speaking Spanish? We don't know. Separated <laughs> from habanero peppers, jalapenos. Yeah. 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 Well, no, he speaks only in Spanish, and and uh, everybody can understand him in the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just fun, and, and it was just yeah, one of those things where like, well, should we do this? And we're like, yeah, well, we can do whatever we want with this. So that's yeah. why, that's why he speaks Spanish. And the best thing about it, he speaks Spanish, but there's no translation. Right. You got, <laughs> but he doesn't like go on for go on and on for pages and pages. He just like every other panel once in a while he'll talk. There's like six times in the first issue he speaks. So it's like it's real cool. And then we have uh um by the end of the first issue you see the tiki monoliths are, are kinda like the major villains so far in the first half of the series. So it's pretty cool. I'm kinda digging it. I'm drawing it right now. I'm oh, that's awesome. Page nine of issue two. I'm inking it. I'm inking Big Woogie. He has a coconut on a stick as his, uh, he has like a scepter. <laughs> Big Woogie, is he like a king? Uh, I don't know what he is. Maybe like a chief? chief yeah, he's like a chief. Yeah, he's like a chief. Big, Big he's Woogie. Woogies. Yeah, he's like the guy. He he's the he runs the island. But, uh, have, you been hitting, have you been hitting tiki bars for reference uh, material and stuff? I got some reference? tiki glasses, but... Um, I went to um, when we were at Disney World. I went to that tiki room. Sure, with the penguins or not, not the penguins. What are those parrots? All the birds chirp and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Did you take pictures? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to directly draw the Disney guys in there, but they they influenced me. Yeah, you'll see cool. the tiki monoliths, and but it was pretty cool. And we you're going to see our first appearance of the pajamazons yeah. in issue three. <laughs> <laughs> it's giant ladies who wear pajamas in the nineties and teddy bears and stuff. It's pretty funny. So this is gonna be a cool it's real fun and cool. They're they're wearing teddy bears or oh, teddies, wearing just teddies, yeah. Yeah, they're wearing teddy, teddy well sets. some of them one of them has a teddy bear. And like she got the feet Flum. pajamas and then one of them has lingerie. So they're all different forms of pajamas on these giant ladies. The pajamas I like it. The pajamasons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's real Excellent. funny. And is the Grim go on? No, you, you. Well, I was going to ask: Is the Grim Reaper um, story where Grim Asylum comes from? Is that on uh, Comicsology? It is. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, we we have we started Comicsology with um, with All Yeah Comics. Um, we moved over there from we were originally on Throwbent site, and then we we established our own our own page, our own publishing page on there, and we're. We got all the all the oh yeah comics up there, but we also started releasing our old back issues from our self publishing days. And Grim Reaper was actually the first one to launch <laughs> the old backstock kind of stuff. Cool. And, um, yeah, you'll be able to see Grimace's first appearance in issue three. And uh, how many uh, how many issues of Grim Reaper are up there? Number, there's three, and it's weird because that's the best selling book. Out of all our books, Grim Reaper sells the most every month. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. People like, like death, I think. Yeah. <laughs> People dig it. And uh, Grim Reaper and B.L. Bubba Crisp, he's our devil character. They're going to appear in the third issues of uh, Grimace Island, too. 
So we're going to cross-promote. Yeah. B.L. Bubba Crisp. Yeah, B.L. Bubba Crisp. <laughs> Sounds like, is that who Charlie Daniels faced when the devil went down to Georgia? I think it is, yeah. They played the <laughs> fiddle together. Yeah. and uh, Is he is he like a southern devil? He's real skinny. Yeah. He has a big okay. head. He's got a big He's Mike Norton. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Well, he's, uh, <laughs> it's cool. It's, it's kind of like when you read all of our books, um, you'll see that all of our characters are tied together. They're all kind of in the same universe. And and even when you read, um, if you read Tiny Titans and, and Super Pets, and, and, and if you read Mask Number 3, the aliens who attack, they're in all my comics. In every comic I ever made, every universe, those green aliens are in there. Like they started, uh, they appeared in, in I think they were in Patrick the Wolf Boy. They were in Captain Camel and the, the Cray Babies. They were in, they were Lunar Lizards villains. And I don't know, <laughs> I put, I put them in Super Pets. I put them in Tiny Titans. So that proves that those aliens could, they exist in all of our worlds. <laughs> so all of our worlds are tied together. I don't know if they were ever in Itty Bitty Hellboy, but maybe. So that's like the Fra- the the Baltiverse and the Francosphere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's I like true. It. Yeah, so that's kind of cool that um, we're releasing the old, the old stuff on Comicsology is awesome. It's it's uh. So yeah, what's what's currently up there? We got, I think we, I'm going to go there right now and check, but we have all of the Aya comics. We have we expanded with um, a new series, Sammy the Squirrel from uh, Scoop McMahon, Dude. and we have uh, exclusive one Phantom Lemur, who's a, a digital first. We have, we're trying to do a lot of digital first books for this for Comicsology, and uh, we have Peach Island of Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Mouse just just came out, but um, yeah, Jamie Covell uh, doing the Golden Age character Super Mouse. Yeah, uh, yeah, James. Was it, am I saying right? Jamie Cosley. Jimmy Jamie Cosley. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. And um, that was a book they did, I think last year for um, for Baltimore Con maybe, but it was the anniversary of the character. When they did it, yeah, it's kind of like a fan book, you know. And, well, and also, like, isn't it like that's a public domain character? Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of and it's like a it's a funny animal public domain character. I mean, like you know, like you hear about Airboy and Black Terror and some of these other superheroes that are you know public domain. That it's kind of neat that there is a fu- funny animal that's public domain. Yeah, he's a fun character, and um, I don't know if we'll be doing more because uh, the stories we're coming up with were are real good, so we're going to use them for our own guys. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if we want to build up this guy's universe, but the book is up. The book is kind of cool. It's like a little fan knot, yeah. and, and and it's the half of the book is Jamie Cosley's own character, um, Cody the Cavalier. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. That's probably why I call him Jamie Cody, you know. <laughs> no, I was thinking Jamie Cobble. Uh, Jamie Cobble um, goes to all the comic conventions and um, records a lot of panels. Oh, and he has I a see. He's a very basic website called thecomicbooks.com. I always want to give him uh, publicity when I think of it because Word Balloon listeners would really like it too. And um, no, he like is a machine. Like he did at least 15 panels at San Diego Comic-Con plus the Eisners. And I mean, you know, just does stuff. And he, and he lives in Canada, so he does a lot of the Canadian shows as well. And uh, yeah, no, he's he's great. So that's why, and that's... As opposed to Jamie Cosley, Jamie Covell. Oh, yeah, man. 
Back to Art and Franco already in progress. In case you're just joining us. That's awesome. <laughs> I got uh I'm real happy that um just last few weeks ago launched the first issue of the Cray Baby Adventures, which yeah. is um it's my first self published book. I did it in ninety it came out in ninety four eventually. Um Wow. Yeah, I, I started it when I was in college. Um and Cray Baby comes from uh, we were drawing in class with cray paws. It's like a chalky crayon. Uh, and someone said, "Where if these are the cray paws, where are the cray maws? And I said, with the cray babies. And we all laughed. So I drew these characters with the cray paw. And I cr- drew cray babies and gouache monsters because we were using our art supplies. And that's just kind of how it started. And <laughs> I got this whole story in this universe based on these little cray paw drawings. And... Uh, and after I graduate, I figure out how to publish, and everyone knows that story. And you get shot down by all the publishers, so I publish my own damn book. Well, this is the book. <laughs> so, so this is the book that I did, and it finally came out in December of '94 um, through Capital and, and Friendly Franks and all these distributors. And uh, it's yeah, these are the old. This is the- these are the years before, for younger comic fans, before Diamond was the exclusive distributor. Yeah. You had things like Capital Cities and Friendly Franks and stuff that were other distributors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, I had nine distributors at one point and without, wow. without Diamond. So I, uh, I printed, I think, about two or 3,000 of each title, of each issue, and I sold – I mailed them all out. So like – for instance, like one company would order a thousand, then another one seven hundred, and then they would go down three hundred, one hundred fifty, and then four, four copies here. So sure. So that was the book that came out twenty years ago, twenty twenty one years ago now. I love so, I love the fact that like you publish these and there's there's about two thousand of them, and that's all there is. Yeah. Uh, but now now you're releasing it on Comicsology, and potentially, how many more people are going to be able to read it now? Um, yeah. just cause it's, it's coming back out. Cause who knows, you know, where, where are those issues? Probably in collections somewhere right. that, that are not going to see the light of day for a while. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause like everyone I talk to, especially me and Franco, when you publish your own, mm-hmm. you always have that horrible printer story <laughs> where, where this guy paid the pages backwards or it's upside down. Mm-hmm. It's out of order. Well, the first two issues of Cray Babies were messed up every time I printed them. So, <laughs> so like issue five of number two is in number one, and it was it's real weird to have them all out of order. And then when I published the trade, again I was again two pages got out of out of order. I was like, oh, so finally, for the first time ever, you're going to read issue one on Comicsology with the correct ordered pages, <laughs> the correct art. They fixed it all. I did. Yeah, I had to go in there. <laughs> oh wow! Throw up the sleeves and put them all in order and label them. And so it was. Uh, it's kind of weird that we always have. Everyone has those printer stories, or the colors are wrong on my cover, or something. But these are cool because it's the. If you read the books, I think issue two comes out tomorrow, Wednesday, February eighteenth okay. or whatever. And so, if people read these, they're ninety nine cents. If you read them and say, "Oh, this guy's awful," just Remember, that's the first book I've ever done, and I didn't want to change anything. I didn't want to edit anything. Right. So they're fun, but you could still even Scoot told me you could still see it's me in there, but 
you could see the guy who eventually grows. It's like uh, Man of Steel when he's in the closet crying and his mom told him, make the world small. Well, that guy eventually becomes Superman, but right now, not so much. You know? <laughs> so we've got to look at the gray babies that way. So, <laughs> and Art's crying in the bathroom. Yeah. So the first two books are, are hurting, but they're fun. But you just got to get through them. And on Comixology, you could download whatever. You could read, a, you know, two pages a day, you know, and get back. But <laughs> by the time issue three comes and issue four, you're good. You can, and it's awesome. After that, I, I, found, I, I learned a lot, storytelling and pacing and dialogue and stuff like that. So, and, and there's like. Yeah, but it's. Oh, go ahead, sir. Go on. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, there's. There's like twelve or thirteen books too, so I did I did a lot. <laughs> thirteen Cray Babies books. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, this is no. I think that's a. I think that's interesting, and I do think that people who follow you would like to see your first books. You know, uh, Bendis puts out Fire, and uh, Fire was like an early caliber book that he did. I think it's his first caliber yeah. original story, and uh, or you know original characters and stuff. And yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, compared to you know what he's been doing and stuff, I'm sure it's embarrassing and stuff. But I think it's good because you know I think it teaches the progression of your your abilities. Yeah, you could you could see it's the same guy, but you're wondering what ha- what happened, what was going on here. <laughs> yeah, but you know, well, that's, you know that's right. a funny thing. And I've had this conversation with Art before, and and you know we we do quite a bit of conventions all around the country, and you always see those guys that have that, that one comic book that they've had for the last five or six years, you know, that they always come to the convention with. And, you know, they're, they're always saying, Oh my God, yeah, I'm going back and reworking these pages. Uh, Cause you know, you know, I took a look at them after I was done and I'm like, ah, oh. and uh, the best piece of advice I ever got was uh, um, from someone when, when I was working at, at a, a fledgling comic company, you know, I said, Oh, I want to redo this. And, and the guy said, don't ever do that. Don't ever go back. Just keep going forward because your stuff will get better. Um, but, you know, you, you'll have more stuff. You'll have more content. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you go back and you fix that, you're always just going to be working on the same thing. It's never going to happen. You're never going to have it come out. And I'm like, wow, that's that's great advice. And that's what I've tried to do. But it's funny to see this, you know, happening at shows and stuff when, when these guys do this. Yeah, you got to commit. And, and you got to commit to the character and – close it off somehow like i know i also see that everybody's first comic book is always an epic tale no one ever comes out with like some well maybe they do but um sometimes they they, i always notice the trend like everyone comes out this big giant epic story yeah and um it's hard to close it off when you have all these ideas and sweet that and then we switched over to patrick the wolf boy those stories were so cool because they were just gags Mm-hmm. And with Patrick, Patrick the Wolf Boy, we could have made one issue, two issues, and stopped. I think we made like nineteen or twenty issues. Altogether. So, yeah. So, um, well, that's because we, we could, yeah, we were renaming them all. We were new number ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but with the Cray Baby Adventures, I had an epic tale in my head, and when I got to issue eight, I thought I got to end this thing. It's just going on too long. Well, you know. I got to come up with a, an ending for the story because I'm thinking in my head I'm going to have a Chris Claremont, John Byrne X Men run on this thing. You know, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. But then you realize, wait, it's it's kind of hard. I 
I hate working this part-time job for, and then coming home and spending all my money at the printer, you know. So that's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what happened. But I'm satisfied. I am satisfied with what what happened. Yeah. But who's that cool. invitation of? You got to let it's, the people. It's uh, Francisco Francovilla <laughs> at the Harvey Awards. We ate. We had dinner, and he he looked at me, wiped his mouth, and says. I am satisfied. <laughs> and I said, me too. <laughs> He's the best. I got to get awesome. him back. Man, I've been, I've been trying to get him back on Word Balloon forever. And people need to hear his interview with me because he does. He's, he's fantastic. And seriously, we obviously, we're huge fans. We yes. love him. And yeah, it's, he's he's, awesome. more, he's a genius. And also, I, I just have so much respect for all these guys that come to our country become citizens and really can can speak so well in in several languages and and Francesco I, I love you know he's he's one of those guys and it's great but yeah when he when he was on it you know we were talking about his favorite Marvel characters and he's like I really hope I get to work on Dardevil and I'm like who <laughs> he's like Dardevil and I'm like I don't know he's like Matt the Murdoch I'm like oh Daredevil yes <laughs> hey. and and to be honest same problem with Mark Miller when he comes on his Scottish accent it's like something, and he's like, John, the only reason why I come on is you're one of the few Americans that understand me. So, anyway, so there you go. So, there's a little, there's a little immigrant story for you. <laughs> if no, I could it's, be, it's, it's international. That's what there is. you go. So, there's something. All right. <laughs> there's my Alan Arkin to transition on. I like that. <laughs> you know, we, uh, well, you know, I don't want it to be uh, just, you know, step and, uh, okay, and talk about book B, you know. <laughs> so, but we can get back now to book B. Um, so yeah, is that so? Grim Reaper, Cray Babies, uh, yeah. Grimace, all yeah, all yeah, comic stuff. Yeah, the, the the digital first stuff that you got, you know, coming up and everything. Very cool. Yeah, and um, Itty Bitty so, Hellboy's coming too, pretty soon in the in, in the next that'll next, be on next character Itty Bitty Comics Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, oh, so you go back to a, an Itty Bitty Hellboy arc after Grimace? Yeah, it's true. Or or at the same time. Next one. Yeah, it'll be right after. after. Yeah, it'll be the next one or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. And also, okay, I know. Uh, you know, speaking of itty bitty Hellboy, there's a big uh, to do coming up in March at Aya Comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's our it's our third anniversary at, at Aya Comics. Um, for all those people that didn't think we would last a year, we're at three years now, which is awesome. That's true. Um, yeah. And. Uh, we're having our third anniversary, and it's uh, the grand opening of All Yeah Games, which we opened up across the street from All Yeah Comics in beautiful downtown Skokie. So uh, you can come down, hang out, and play some magic or, or hero clicks and stuff like that with us. True. Um, but um, in celebration, we asked if uh, Mike Mignola would come down, and uh, he has graciously said yes, so he will be there for the third anniversary, um, and uh, he will be signing at, at All Yeah Comics. Yeah, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good weekend. And we'll, and yeah, we'll be there too. So. <laughs> exactly. No, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you acknowledged that it's the, the store's been going on for three years because there was that time when you guys were thinking about opening the store that everyone was really worried about the direct market. And it really yeah. does seem like that things have normalized and in the same way that there's room for network TV and satellite cable and even internet TV – there seems to be obviously still room for the direct market along yeah. with the digital market. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're big proponents of both. We're involved in both and, and uh, just plug it away. And it's, it's going really well, actually. 
Yeah, so I, I notice a lot with the with the digital sales. They kind of like, um, you never know like when when other companies and things. You never know how much they sell, but now that we're doing it ourselves, we we know exactly what they sell. So it's a it's real different too because I know that all H books are probably harder to sell digitally because kids aren't buying them. It's the parents buying them for the kids, you know. Mm. So. Like the kids in the shops, they'll pick out their own book. But on digital, you gotta you kind of have to look for it. But I think we're doing okay, though. Mm-hmm. Good, Grim Reaper, top seller. <laughs> True. Do you when you when you look on Comixology? I mean, you know, yeah, I don't know. Like, there is that separate kids portal, isn't there at Comixology? Uh there might there, be. There is, but we're we're grouped in under our own uh, banner. Uh, I see under oh really under all yeah we're comics. oh yeah comics yeah uh, or you could put our names in the search you'll find all the books we made so okay. in the search you'll see all the all yeah comics ones tied in you know with with tiny titans and stuff like that so it's cool you got to set your DVR Johnny yeah I want to ask about March, that I March first March first and what channel um AMC AMC yeah. Oh, you guys are walking on The Walking Dead. Yeah, we're going to be zombies. <laughs> Congratulations. Squatch zombies, I understand. <laughs> I'm gonna, Squatch I just, just want to lay there. I want to get the double tap to the head. <laughs> but no, we're going to be on, um, well, not us. Um, the book we did with, with the famous wrestlers, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. Yes. They're, they're known as Bad Influence in TNA and the, their addiction, the addiction in Ring of Honor. They're going to be yeah. on the show. And they're going to be wearing our T-shirts and showing our comics. It's going to be on a comic book, man. That's, That's true. the part you need, yeah. <laughs> My favorite part on... of the episode will be when they rip them apart. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe I don't think that Maybe to wrestle they're that good. big guy. But, um, <laughs> right. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Going to to, they're going to want to be careful what they say about Daniels and Kazarian because uh, they can hurt you. So. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they know how. No, but they're they're sweetheart guys, and and oh, we can guys. we can announce that we will be doing a, a sequel to the book with them. Uh, oh, that's great! So yeah, yeah. we're gonna. Is I think something? it's called um, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian uh, team. Oh yeah, comics team up or join Oya oh, yeah, comics. I forget the exact title we we wrote, but it's a uh, it's like a Marvel team up book with with the with Action Cat and and uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian and. Daniels gets mind controlled in this one. Somebody wow. mysterious villain takes over his brain, <laughs> and, and the book is cool because it's half drawn, cartoony, and then it's got the the real photos of the guys. Mm. So it's kind of like Roger Rabbit style. So it's kind of funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> and we see Awesome Bear goes to the real world, and he's a real bear. He's drawing a, a picture, of a photo of a real bear wearing a mask. <laughs> so it's kind, of, it's kind of fun. Hopefully, we'll have that. I don't know when we'll have it. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to say a date because then we'll be stuck. But soon. <laughs> it's in the planning well, stages. Yeah. Yeah. Very hopefully, cool. hopefully San Diego or something. That's uh, awesome. But March March first, you can watch uh, Comic Book Men on AMC and see the uh, T-shirt and yeah, Kazarian and, uh, and Daniels. Yes. Yeah, I had to sign permission, so I'm not sure what they're gonna say. Like they told me in the in the letter that Kazarian is wearing a shirt. Okay. Um, so I That's had to cool. sign off my permission to show my art. So I don't know, 
like you know when they show the the piece that they the people bring in the sale and they go, ooh, 1962, this comic was worth this much. Yeah. Only, why? Hopefully they'll say they'll show my face or something. Famous cartoonist, Art Baltazar, <laughs> you know, from Chicago. I don't, I don't know if they're going to do that, but I'm real curious <laughs> of what I'm real curious of what's going to be on there. But if anything, you'll see the comic, and uh, the guy's wearing my shirt. My shirt design. That's cool. So that'd be cool. I can't wait. I'm excited. I knew I knew about that for a long time, um, because they said in the beginning of the season, they said we'll be on episode 18. That's what I kept hearing, but that was already before the season started. So 18 weeks plus a winter break, and then whew, man, <laughs> long time, long time to wait. That's what you. That's this this industry, comics and entertainment, whatever. That's the biggest thing, man. You have to, you have to learn how to keep secrets, because there's a whole bunch of stuff that are like for, oh, for a rather lengthy amount of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, long time sometimes. So it's kind of cool. Yes, I like it. True. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to step on you, but I'll get to finish. <laughs> That's all right. That's good. I was swallowing. Let's take it. <laughs> it's just diet so, soda. All right, let me ask you some like uh, reading uh, questions. Although, and again, this is stuff that hasn't come out yet, but all the big summer events are being announced uh, as far as comics go. You know, you got uh, Secret Wars happening in Marvel. Yeah. And you, and you got uh, Convergence and Emergence happening at DC and Splurgence and Ooh. Regurgence. I'm not really sure what else, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, what do you think? I mean, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We, we have no idea, but uh, does it excite you that? The two major companies are going to be doing some big changes because it's I, all I can say is because, you know, I, I, the, the, the guys I've talked to, are, you know, obviously won't say anything either other than, you know, no real things are going to happen. And they're like, we know we say that and everything, but they're like, no significant changes. And Brevoort, Bendis, among others are like, yeah, this is real. And it's like, all right. And obviously, DC's already said, you know, we got uh, some interesting people, you know, taking over the characters and also. Really cool books, Bizarro, Batmite. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. yeah. If I if I knew anything, Johnny, I'd tell you, but I have no idea. No, but I was <laughs> even as a fan. But I'm saying as a fan, what do you guys like? Even th- like, are you psyched? Yeah, or curious, I, I'm, or, I'm, or I'm kind of nervous too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, excited. It, it's it's uh, looking to be fun. I want to say, but uh, I don't know. That's been promised before. I agree. <laughs> you know what I no, really, it's the truth. What I really like is that um that multiversity book that yes. it has all the Earths in it. Uh-huh, and it Earths. shows the, the Earths and it shows all the different Supermans and superheroes on the Earths. And yep. <laughs> my son is really into uh alternate worlds and universes and planets and Mars having water and all this stuff. So I left the like my my thing is is I I leave the comics out on a kitchen table, and then if they move to a weird spot or somewhere else, I know that somebody picked it up and tried to read it. Mm-hmm. But with him, I left it at the table, and I he opened it and he's looking at it, and then I walked away, did some things, came back, and he was still at the kitchen table reading it. So he started asking me a lot about the superheroes in there, and especially um, Earth Zero. And and he even told me too. They said, "Well, it says fifty-two Earths, and it only goes up to fifty-one." And I said, "Because the first one is a zero Earth." And he went, "Oh!" And he figured that that was the that was the heroes that we know. 
And then it was kind of cool just to read that. I read it, and we read, we both read it, and it was just really cool. And I'm really digging Earth, too. But I heard some spoilers. Someone told me spoilers. I'm not sure if they're out there or do the retailers know or somebody knows something happened to Earth, too, which made me sad. But I'm not sure if that's out there yet. <laughs> so I can't <laughs> I don't know if I can say it. But right. um, probably could. I don't know. Because I, I have a pile of comics that I want to read. I'm still up to issue 14 of the New 52 books. I read Aquaman up to issue 14 and Superman. <laughs> so And I still have the the Jeff John Superman to read and the rest oh, of the stuff. Oh, with, uh, like, yeah, with uh, Ramita? Yeah, I read the first one or two. And I read the first issue or, of, or two of Unchained and Wonder Woman Superman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it because aren't they like? Um, I think they're separating the Earths and Marvel's tightening it up, right? I think. Well, it's weird because going. from what? Well, yeah, I, I think they're. I don't know if it's specifically Earths because um, CBR, as we're recording this, had a story today saying that only one Earth was going to come out of uh, convergence or whichever one it was. Here, I'm even bringing up the story as we're talking it's just so I get the DC or Marvel. Convergence is DC. DC. Convergence is DC, yeah. Oh, I thought they were going to... Here, here's the story. One universe remains when Convergence concludes in DC. Okay, so that's just at the end of the the first event. Because Convergence is... Well, I'm confused. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Convergence is the Jeff King story that, yeah. And and they say that but I get, and I guess this ends in May. So yeah, I think is all the new stuff going to start in June. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't that's know. why I know. I we suck. That's we why suck. I just put the aliens in the. If you watch those aliens, they're in all of our books. But, uh, <laughs> but my 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 kids were asking me too. They're reading this thing, and they said, "Daddy, you said Tiny Titans were Earth fifty three. I said, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> they said, "It's not in this book." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. You can add that. I'm not supposed to talk about that no more, he said. <laughs> I'm keeping it in. Stop saying that. I'm like, all right. And then at a panel, I, they, someone someone asked, what universe are Tiny Titans in? I said, Earth 53. And he goes, and then the end of the deal, put his hand in his head. You know, he's like, oh, I said not to say that. I said, oh, I'm sorry. Earth 64. And he went, oh. <laughs> well, you said not to say Earth 53. <laughs> <laughs> People heard that already. Sorry, that was good. It was good. Really, it's true. That really happened. Oh man, no, and I don't. I have no. I think so. And yeah, we. I have no idea what's happening in Marvel uh, with the Secret Wars and what's going to happen afterwards. Do you see? They're making um, giant Secret Wars figures now, and giant from the from the old story, from the classic story, or the the new story. Yeah, the old Mattel. I think Mattel made them. They're making those giant. Jumbo Secret Wars figures. And then they're going to, they just showed at Toy Fair, they showed the giant superpowers figures. The ones from the oh, Kirby comic. And, that, and I'm glad you bring those up because uh, that you've got toy news. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of toy news. And uh, let's start with, uh, I, well, you know, we're talking about reproductions of, of figures and action figures and stuff. And that makes me think Amigos. Yeah, man. And, 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 and so, yeah, you know, why don't you tell people what's coming up this summer that you're, you guys, you know, Jesus, already, you're the man behind this. <laughs> you're the Stan Lee behind this. That's right, true believer. 
But we're going to have, uh, we're hosting the Mego Meet for the Mego Collectors in beautiful downtown Skokie. It's like a, it's like a mini Mego convention toy, toy store or toy uh, show. And for years, the Mego Meet was in beautiful Wheeling, Wheeling West Virginia at the, uh, at a toy and train museum. But it seems like it was growing. It grew, grew gradually every year, but it got to the point where it's kind of time to move on because now the place seems smaller and people are getting larger and people are bringing more displays. <laughs> and, and so people are getting larger. <laughs> people are getting larger. There's less room. You got to charge $2 more for the people that are, you know, That's, right. and stuff like that. <laughs> That's extra large. I got to charge you, buddy. But um, last year at the show, the guys were up. Uh, I, I, I felt the vibe in the air. And I asked the guy who runs the show, um, there's a few Mego guys, and they're off in the Mego Museum website, and they all, they're all they just on the boards. It's just like a community of Mego collectors. And I asked him, um, is this the last show in Wheeling, West Virginia? He goes, I'm not sure. I said, you guys, are you guys going to move? He said, yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll go to Niagara Falls or maybe Cincinnati, whatever he was saying. And I said, do you ever, guys ever think about going to Skokie? And having all your comics involved, and he went. He dropped what he was doing. He looked at me and went, "Yes, let's do that." <laughs> that's that's how we got in there. So no, <laughs> then I thought, "Oh, like, oh, cool." And then I went back and told my wife because she goes with me to the Amigo meet. It's kind of cool because we we would always make it a little vacation, and sure. so she would go investigate the Wheeling, West Virginia, see what's going on. There's usually a chili fest or something like that. <laughs> so she'll bring the kids, take them to the zoo. Take them to the zoo, Rock, so that she'll take the kids. <laughs> so when she came back, she said, wow, what just happened? That guy's really happy. And I said, yeah, they want to – maybe we'll do Mego Meet at, at, with all your comics in beautiful downtown Skokie. She went, what? <laughs> what? 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 How'd that happen? <laughs> so, so that was kind of cool. And so, But it's it went really well, really cool, and we've been getting more – buzz from the having Mego Meet from hosting Mego Meet than we did before because now we're involved so it's a different audience that's getting its attention and we're getting on a lot of uh, toy websites and comic websites now and um, I became friends with uh, the guys from Action Figure Insider because I listened to their pod and I I followed the guys on Twitter and I told the guys, you guys got to meet me in San Diego. So we hung out a little bit and talked and I sent them toys. So those guys um, talk about, talk about the Mego meet on their pod a few times and then they post links. So it's kind of cool. We're getting a lot of attention. And then I wrote to Mark Wade cause he's our partner at, for all yeah comics and our friend and, and digital things and, Right, I, I, I comics Muncie. Because yes, right. I, yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna let you finish art and then and then oh, yeah. acknowledge that. But go on, go well, on, and then we'll so, talk about that. So I verified with him. I said, "Hey, you coming?" And he told me yes. So I posted on the Mego site, just uh, on the forums, just to see how much, how much it would get attention. And um, I just said, "Oh, I've just." You know, I said, "Hey, I just bought two tables, one for me and one for Mark Wade," and then I left it there. <laughs> so, so now everyone's excited that he's coming. And that web, that other pod was talking about Mark Wade being there, so it's kind, of, it's kind of fun. So I'm excited about it, and I'm trying to talk Mark Wade and bringing his Captain Action collection. So 
It's going to oh, be. Oh, wow. Cool, man. Well, there you go. Absolutely. He's got all the original guys, and he's got Aqualad, Shazam. He's got them all in there. Oh, wow. Is Ed, uh, Ed Cato is our friend who uh, is yeah. involved with Captain Action and stuff. Is he coming? Uh, I got to convince him still. I, oh, I hope you do. Yeah. I, I really hope fun. you do. I, I And I know you're technically not Migos, but, uh, well, if not, you know. Well, if not this year, then there's definitely always next year because uh, yeah. we plan on doing this every year. Yeah. That's amazing. No, that's – honestly, I think that's great, and it's – it is. It's a fun little show. I mean, I, and I don't mean that in any. No, that's cool. You know, silly way, but no. The, and the Double Tree is a great hotel in Skokie. Yep. Um, it's it's really well uh, located in terms of near transportation and stuff like that. So, you know, God, this if you're in the tri-state area, <laughs> uh, right. you know, <laughs> already learned already learned the definition of the tri-state area earlier yeah, tonight. I, I always <laughs> thought it was a certain specific state. No, no. But uh, yeah, you know, if it's you know worth a car trip and stuff like that, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Art Franco and uh, and Mark Wade at the Migo meet. I can't wait. That's that's my favorite show out of all the conventions every year because I do toy shopping and then I bring my comics and people like them and it's cool. It's just a lot of fun. I understand. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, that lead us back to Mark Wade and uh, point out because I was really happy to hear this news that uh, you guys always had this association with Mark and uh, and and Christy, and they uh, they had their store in Muncie, Alter Ego. But to pick up the story, Francis. Um, yeah, there, there were some issues with um, outstanding debts and, and stuff like that with with the uh, previous uh, incarnation. So. You know, they, they settled all that up and then, you know, wanted to make a brand new start of things. And, and we, we were involved with them uh, from the beginning and they were involved with us. Uh, and uh, we just talked about it and it just made sense. And they made the switch over to uh, uh, Anoya Comic Store. So we're officially a franchise now. And uh, yeah. we, have, we, have, we have two stores in two states uh, and hopefully more eventually. Almost a gif, even though they are technically part of the tri-state area, it's three hours away. So yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we it's, just yeah, we just opened up Aya Games across the street from from uh, Aya Comics as well. So um, you know, things things are are doing well. Yeah, beautiful downtown Muncie. Yeah, and we have there two beautiful go. downtowns. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's very that's true. cool, man. I can't wait for a yeah yeah. I can't wait for a lot of stuff. I can't. Well, first once the cold once it goes up another 50 degrees then everything's going to be on <laughs> we're going we're going to have to roll up the sleeves and get to work <laughs> i can appreciate that yeah. oh and there's more there's more toy news right um art yeah what else we got uh, oh, yeah, the, uh, plushy, little plushy news yeah. little, uh, pe- what was it the peluche family uh, <laughs> uh, Franco? Fuzzy, fuzzy people. that's our yeah. that's our favorite uh, that's our favorite uh, spanish sitcom the peluche family yeah, this, <laughs> this weekend in in toy fair in beautiful new york city uh they announced dc dc collectibles announced super pets plushies based on my designs wow so they're they're awesome and they, which characters uh they have crypto streaky dexter and Hoppy the Shazam Bunny. Wow. So it it's cool. Man, I was I was so surprised because it was just I think Toy Fair started on a Friday. So Thursday they showed me the designs and they said um they're gonna be revealed this weekend. But you can't talk about them till like next Wednesday. So okay. 
And then Friday, I saw them all on the internet. Bam! <laughs> there they are. But I know. <laughs> so I'm still, I'm still not going to put them out there till my right time. Because I think with Toy Fair, it's a, Toy Fair is a, a, a convention, but it's more like a trade show. And it's not open to the public. So you either have to get invited or be a, a toy company or a seller or buyer or something like that. So most people who take photos have appointments to take the photos. So um, when you see the photos, they, they, get, they get unveiled, you know. They get announced to say, you could show this by noon tomorrow, that kind of thing. So they show photos a little at a time. And then probably by tomorrow, well, this is, this is Tuesday. So tomorrow, Wednesday, the show will be over. You'll see all the photos for the whole place. That's okay. usually how it goes. So I'm going to hold out my prototype photos until tomorrow. <laughs> but it, that's cool. I'm really excited about that. And and I showed my kids. I just brought it up on my phone and showed my kids. And they they knew right away. They did a test. And they saw it like, wow, they made your, they made your characters. You know, because you could tell they, they look like I drew them in 3D plushy form. So they're kind of fun. I'm digging that. That's well. It's great having the uh, built-in focus group at home and everything, yeah. so you know right away. <laughs> <laughs> Will they like it? Yeah, they're digging it. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. And that's fantastic. We, we have a shelf right now with the itty bitty Hellboy plush and Action uh-huh. Cat plush, and these guys will fit right in there. You know, I got that's two, crazy. Man. Two of everything: one to beat up, one to display. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So, and you for Mego Meet, you're going to break out the uh, custom uh, Migos that you've made over the years. And, you know, I don't know if we've ever talked about that. Yeah. On the, we probably did years ago. I'm Maybe. thinking before we started doing the IA podcast, we might have mentioned it. But for newer listeners and stuff, um, one of the cool things in the Tasham DC 75th anniversary book oh, is yeah. uh, pages about the, the Migos and how is, that was a significant licensing deal yeah. for DC back in the 70s and stuff. Yeah, and they and they got this excellent display of a, a photograph of a bunch of the originals, but also some customs and take the yeah. story, Martin. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> Tashim was yeah, it was it was cool because <laughs> the same editor I had for Super Pets for the children's books was editing the book with um, he was working with Paul Levitz on the book. So when it came to the seventies portion, like every they have a double page spread, like a chapter breaks for each decade so for the 70s one they wanted to show the migos and they asked if uh, they, they knew i like migos and i make customs because i always bug them i always bug dc collectibles to make miko figures every time i see you guys and so they they sent me a list uh do you have migos i said yes and they sent me a list of like 25 characters and i'm thinking this is crazy because migo only made like 13 of them you know <laughs> so 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 I think Mingo made 13 total, like Marvel and DC. As something, I might be wrong, but yeah. it's around that I think, 17 I think maybe. you're right. Yeah, yeah. So they gave me a list of 25 DC characters. So I had a – that weekend, man, I just customized like crazy. I made guys – like they wanted Martian Manhunter. They wanted uh, Captain Marvel Jr. They wanted a Beast Boy. They wanted um, Catwoman. I didn't M- – Mingo made Catwoman, Batgirl, and Wonder Woman. But I didn't have them, so I had to custom. <laughs> I had to customize them. It's like, man, how am I going to do this? So I made all these characters and I sent them a box, and um, they 
they photo shoot them like a uh, like a Vanity Fair style photo, <laughs> <laughs> and they put them in the book. And it's cool because uh, I think they they have a bunch of them, but nine of them are mine, and the rest are the rest are real ones. Like they use the real Superman, Batman, Robin, Aquaman, but my the Green Lantern and Flash are my guys, and Lex Luthor came from me, and um, Penguin is mine, and so it's in Bizarro. I use the there's Bizarro in there, and he has a uh, Boris Karloff head that I used <laughs> and I painted him up to look like Bizarro. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. It's real cool. And I was thrilled to, to get that, to get my, my Migos in that book. It was so cool. So that was awesome. Digging it. Are you there? Oh, I think you left us. Oh, he I did not. Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. I had the, I had the, I had the mute on. I apologize. Oh, it's all right. But that was cool. And then, um, was I going to say? Was I going to say something? Oh yeah, that the little. Here's a little side note. An addendum, if you will. They, if you um, will. They had, <laughs> they had to take out an insurance policy on my package. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because they said it based on. They rated it for like fifteen hundred bucks or something, the value of it. So it's just like a thousand five hundred dollar value. So like, all right, so I had to sign stuff. It was kinda cool. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was all official. The guy came into my house, picked it up, signed for it, and then I got it back well, they're all wrapped up in foam and stuff. So it was good. The, pack- the, the package, package had its own yeah, the package had its own limo. Already had the you know, yeah. right on, on the back of his kid's bike, basically. Yeah. So it was cool, man. It was a thrill. And I think Tiny Titan, the Tiny Titans made it in that book too, the Tashin book. So that was cool, and um, yeah, it was it was a good time. I wish I could right. just have a poster of that page. I could probably make one, you know. Man, I that's too bad. It's whoever took that photograph should send you like a blow up of it or something. Yeah, I have the high res photos of it. I oh, dear, that's cool. Out. Yeah, there you go. I should print there you it go, out. sir. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. But I Excellent. I was amazed. And oh, and the cool thing is when they sent me the figures back, I have two sheets of paper, like one, one that has all the guys they chose and one that has all the ones they didn't. And the ones they chose all have stickers on them, like green stickers. <laughs> so, it's just cool. It was real fun. It was real fun to do that. I like it. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm going to look and see where we are because I want to make an edit, and I'll ask you off the air, and then I'll ask you on the air if it's okay. Uh, can we talk about your all-ages book, Franco, or no? Sure. Your illustrated novel? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there you go. Well, good. All right. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about individual projects, we should um, you know, mention, Franco, you uh, you recently wrote an all-ages kind of uh, book? Um, yeah, actually, it's a, it's a series of uh, chapter books um, called Dino Mike uh, that's coming out from uh, Capstone. Uh, Young readers, the the first of which is actually out in bookstores now. Uh, you can get it uh, pretty much everywhere, uh, Amazon, uh, local bookstores, uh, my website, if you want. Um, which is? Uh, uh, you can go to allyeahcomics.com, uh, our store site, and get it there, or my own personal one, which is blindwellstudios.com. Um, oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, I wrote four books, and uh, they contacted me about – a week or so before the first one was due to hit the the bookstores. And uh, they asked me if I would be interested in writing another four. 
Um, wow. Yeah, and I, I kind of was hoping that they would, they would call. I couldn't believe they they signed me to a four contract to a four book deal to begin with, uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, you want four of them? Sure. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Um, and then kind of hoping that you know these will do well and they'll ask me to do more. But uh, I think apparently they sent them out a whole bunch of advanced copies to libraries and I guess the advanced type people that they send them out to. And uh, they got a, a, a very strong reaction from them and they signed me to a, a, a deal for another four, which I'm currently working on right now. Outstanding. Yeah. That's excellent. So what, tell us about Dino Mike. Uh, it, it's uh, about a kid named Mike Evans, who uh, um, his father is a very famous paleontologist. Um, and uh, he goes around the world digging up dinosaur bones and, and Mike goes with him um, to to explore these uh, exciting digs, which are not very exciting. Uh, he finds out they're very boring. Uh, they spend a lot of time digging up things out of the ground, which what which is what he thought it wouldn't be. But um, he winds up finding real dinosaurs uh, and the whole mystery surrounding how they got there and who the mysterious stranger is that came with them and. And uh, he he goes on this exciting adventure to find it out. That's excellent. And what what age what age group of readers is this? Cha- these kind of chapter books? Um, they're targeted, um, you know, for for uh, six to to you know nine ten year old. Uh, okay. In, in that area, but um, you know, it's, yeah, first first readers like first chapter book kind of things. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit more involved storyline, and and you know, it, it kind of continues you know, like a thread into the next books, but you can definitely read each one self-contained. Um, you know, it's kind of stuff like, you know, Art and I have always really done with, uh, with all our books that, you know, they're, they're really targeted for kids, but if any adult picks them up, they, they should be thoroughly entertained as well. So that's what I tried to do with these books as well. But it was, it was fun to work in a different, not, it's not a different medium, but a different, you know, style, you know, where, where it's more prose rather than, than all illustrations. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, you're doing both, right? You're, you're writing it and you're illustrating. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's spot illustrations. So, like, you know, every other page will have a drawing on it. But uh, it's uh, it's a lot more about the writing than it's about the artwork. So um, it's it was a fun experience. It was uh, daunting, you know, on top of everything else that, that we're doing. Uh, sure. But, uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and I, you know, I, I got to kind of, you know, stretch my muscles a little bit, which was which was fun. Yeah, what what is it like writing uh, those kinds of chapter books versus, uh, you know, writing a comic script, and especially the way you guys write comic scripts too? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's um, I found it very difficult actually to to because I can't just sit and write and write and write, and I would I would write in different places in my house and I would write in different places whenever I would go somewhere. Like if we went to the mall, I would bring my book with me and, and write a couple of pages here or there. I just can't do it full on. And, and I have to, I have to actually write it longhand rather than, than type it because then I can, I can self edit when I type it. Mm-hmm. So I found that, you know, cause I tried to type one of the books, you know, straight, straight into the, into the computer and that didn't work for me. So I wound up doing it longhand and, and I carry these notebooks with me. I, I look like a maniac when I go places. I have all these, all these notebooks with me, but um, it, that's the style that seemed to work for me. And, and uh, 
you know, I have an outline and then I, I go from the outline and then and then self-edit when I type it. Very cool, man. Excellent. And so, so the first four are available now. You're you're turning into Bill Cartwright, so I'm afraid to talk to you more. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's just. Uh, and then I uh, and then I destroyed the earth, <laughs> and, uh, and then I played for the Knicks for a while. This is, I played for the Bulls. This is my uh, smooth, uh, sexy jazz voice, Jimmy. That's what. <laughs> Jesus, it's a, <laughs> sounds like broken glass. Smooth and sexy. That's good. See, I knew I should have given up smoking. All you need is one person. All you need is one person to think you're sexy and you're good. uh, Rodan and I decided to conquer Japan, and uh, we we discovered uh, Horace Grant was waiting for us, and uh, that was it. Oh man, I like Ross Andrew. See, I was I was concerned about my voice, and now you just kind of made fun of it. No, I don't want to talk anymore. (laughs) No. No, so you got the first four are out. Uh, the first one is out now. The The second one, I think, comes out in March. Okay. Um, so they're, they're timed out every couple of months, and then and then the other four, I believe, are in uh, next year's uh, solicits. Or I, I haven't gotten a schedule on the other four. but You know, it, well, and I'm kind of glad that you're doing the, the six to nine age group because, man, I think the young adult, like, age group right now, it is insane how everybody is writing young adult books. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody. Alan, Alan's, Alan's Y. Bell, who co-created It's Gary Shandling Show and used to be a Saturday Night Live writer in the 70s, just co-wrote an all, uh, a young adult book. And, you know, and then our, and our good friends, Judd Winnick's got one out. And, yeah. uh, and uh, J.T. Crawl is writing young adult stuff. And Paul Kupperberg. And, you know, I mean, it's like Really great people, and I mean uh, that's awesome. Well, we, but it's just amazing. Yeah, Art and I made it cool, so that's why everybody <laughs> wanted to follow suit. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the audience is um, the wimpy kid stuff. Yeah. My my kids read wimpy kid and smile from Raina. They read all of that stuff, and and, uh, and our good friend uh, Chris Giruso has got a the uh, G-Man yeah. Chronicle uh, journal. Uh, yeah, that's out actually today in bookstores. So yeah, yeah. shout out to hot. Chris. Absolutely. Hey, hey. Yeah, people dig. I mean, well, kids, people, small people, they uh, they dig that stuff. Sure. No, you very read cool them for school. I respect that. That's awesome, Matt. Well, that's why I, you know, I, I go to you guys for my uh, my update on uh, what the children are doing. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I like uh, it. But what what keeps me busy? <laughs> Well, That's you got a full sure. plate. Yeah. yeah, I'm satisfied. Exactly. Satisfied. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have. Uh, I got a few things I'd like to tell you, but I got to wait. But okay. Once you once you get the word, you could have an exclusive. That's fine. That'd yeah. be that'd be great. Yeah. Either we break it here or we break it on the IYAP podcast. Yeah. But uh, I, I every you know every every few months or so I like having either one of you guys on or both of you on to uh, let the word balloon audience hear you as well. That's right, and and uh, you could check in, and we could we talk we could talk more business over here, and then uh, you know we uh, fly by the seat of our butts uh, at the <laughs> IAP podcast. That's right, the infrequent IAP podcast, but it's you know it's always a pleasure. Consistent enough, well, scheduled. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's at least monthly. And we do better, <laughs> you know. Like I love Dana Gould, the comedian. He's hilarious, yeah. and sometimes he'll go two or three months between shows, and we've done that a couple of times. But but we you know we're doing all right. We we've got yeah. over a hundred episodes since we started. December had three episodes though. That's that's true. You it's know? very true. So January only one. February only one. 
Yeah, we did two, <laughs> two, two tonight. That's well, yeah, that's right. Bam, we recorded, just like that. We recorded a new IA podcast that likely will be up around the same time as uh, this word balloon as well. So if you don't know about the IA podcast and would like to hear Art and Franco talk more and hear me do more voices yeah. and stuff, come over to the IA podcast. It's right there on Word Balloon's uh, front page, wordballoon.com. You can also get it on iTunes in the same places you can get Word Balloon. True. And, of course, oya.lipson.com is the official uh, page where all the uh, podcasts sit. I got one other thing that we forgot to mention, Johnny. Talk to me, Arthur. That uh, me and my friend Franco, after uh, 20 years or so in the industry, We're breaking we got invited. Oh, we no. got invited. No. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. We did Art, enough, so yeah. No, we, but I'm we, glad you mentioned this. Go on, Artie. Yeah, we got invited to San Diego Con this year. Yes, as Art and special Franco. Guests. Special guests, Art and Franco, this summer yeah. at San yeah. Diego Comic Con. And we get to bring our wives, and we're going to have uh, panels and spotlight things and all kinds of cool stuff that we normally don't have. At the conventions because we're behind our and table. we're taking we're taking uh, uh, resumes uh, for anybody that might want to uh, monitor our panel, Johnny. So if you yeah. want to if you want to put your resume in, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. Wow, I got I got to fill out an application. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll make I'll make sure I wear my nice I wear my, my nice gray suit. Okay. We, we'd actually we'd actually like you to moderate our panel if you. If we're gonna you. announce it right here. <laughs> wow, it's a word balloon exclusive. Thank you. <laughs> No, I appreciate it. Thank you. I would love to. You know that. Yeah, yeah that uh, Hey, it'll be a great episode of Word Balloon this summer. So, I, you know, <laughs> one, one less hour I have to worry about. No, I love it, man. I, I I always have a great time in San Diego, and I'm always happy to do panels, and I'm thrilled when my friends ask me to moderate their panels. So thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. It's going to be fun because uh, they're going to give us a, a guide uh, or, or uh, what do you call it, an usher? Assistant. They're going to give us an usher. You sit here now. (laughs) So that's going to be fun. We're going to have an assistant all weekend. And I'll actually have to be able to eat breakfast with my wife every morning and not have to finish by 8 o'clock, you know? (laughs) Yes. Let's let's have breakfast at 10 today. We'll get in there by noon, and it's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's the one shot. I'm finally looking forward to San Diego this year. <laughs> can appreciate that. You know, like, <laughs> you always look forward to it to the week before. You're like, oh, San Diego's next week. You know, this week. Yes. We're still going to have an Oya Comics table. It's called uh, my company and my art studio, Electric Milk. Electric Milk Creations is in, in the guide, but uh, it's going to be an Oya Comics table run by Scoop McMahon and possibly Kurt Wood, KurtWood.com. So we'll be over there running our table and selling some books and drawing stuff for kids and people alike. Yes. True. <laughs> All true. No, that's awesome. I think it's going to be a very special San Diego and uh, well-deserved uh, honors Yeah, uh, being spotlight guests. I think that's wonderful. So congratulations on that. And uh, I look forward to uh, our panel. Yeah, It'll be man. wonderful. Always glad to talk to my guys, Art and Franco, the uh, Franco's fear of the Beltaverse, as I like to say. Uh, pleasure talking to them again. A new oh, yeah, podcast is up. Some of the things we talked about here, we also talk about there, but it's uh, 
another good hour of uh, conversation between the three of us and our buddy Scoot McMahon as well, part of the Aya team. So if you haven't listened to the Aya podcast, I uh, suggest you check it out, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation there. But that'll do it for this episode of Word Balloon. Thanks again for joining me today. It's brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Great deals are going on. 45% off all DC and Marvel titles. That's currently happening at InStock Trades. You can save up to 70% on select IDW titles. Also save up to 70% on select image titles. They make it easy. There's a list of books there that you'll want to get involved with. For example, and shame on me, I totally forgot to talk about Kelly Sue DeConnick's translations of the Barbarella original uh, European novels. Humanoids is putting them out. Uh, Jean-Claude Forrest is the artist-writer, but uh, Kelly Sue has been translating these, and uh, it is really great classic sci-fi. If you only know Barbarella from the Jane Fonda movie, that's not bad, but you really owe it to yourself to check out the comics that it was all based on. Great 60s sci-fi, and uh, Kel did a great job of translating this stuff. I'm kicking myself. I just realized we didn't talk about this. Moron! All right, another reason to talk to her in a couple months. Meanwhile, go to InStockTrades.com. You'll save 25% off the books. It's just $26.21. You can also get Daredevil, Trade Paperback Volume 2, West Case Scenario. Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez doing the art chores on that. Also, uh, Chris Somney. Uh, it's uh, good stuff and uh, available to you at 45% off, just $10.99. How about the Black Bat Omnibus uh, Trade Paperback Volume 1, Brian Buccolato. Uh This brings back the classic pulp character that had his origin around the same time as Batman, and it seems like the two characters are very similar in terms of their backgrounds, but really uh, one of the great strong pulp heroes uh, brought back in comic book form, and I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, 30% off. It's just $20.99 at in-stock trades. You can also get Uber. Trade Paperback Volume 3. That's uh, Kieran Gillen's uh, excellent uh, World War II series. You want to check that out from Avatar. 30% off, $13.99. Just a few of the books you can find on sale at InStockTrades.com. Check out all the deals they are waiting for you now at InStockTrades.com. John Sutter saying thanks again for listening to Word Balloon. Got one more February episode coming up before we close the books and move on to March. Exciting things are coming in the spring and summer involving Word Balloon. Again, come May 10th, it'll be our 10th anniversary. And uh, got some interesting programming uh, in store for you in this 10th anniversary year. Um, and uh, really interesting guests, some first-timers and uh, long-timers coming up in the weeks ahead on Word Balloon. Keep it tuned right here and come back to wordballoon.com next week for another new episode. Until then, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2015.